Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgccc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Let in Bill WD-40 to lube us up for tonight's show. Because every show needs a good lubing. You know that. You guys know that. It's all good. And uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, Mennonite Abe, Merling it up. The Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, as well as our store at spacedoutradio.com is open for great swag that you can pick up for yourself. If you do pick it up, send us a picture. We want to put it on our website or social media, if you don't mind, and that way we can kind of see how you SOR around the world. Cosmic Floor, nice to see you. Lily Pond, thanks for coming on in. We are 30 seconds away. And there's Bill WD-40. He's sprayed and waxed, and we are ready to go. Lubing us up for tonight's show over on the Spreaker chat room. We appreciate you, Bill. And uh, let's see, who else do we have coming on in? Well, let's take a look here. Midnight or Midwest Night Watchers, nice to have you here. Everyone, it is that time of the night where I ask you to get ready to rock. Horns up. Let's do this thing. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading the Newswire, checking out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's a power show of Paranormal Tonight. Merle is back for Ghosts of the Great White North with our special guest from Paranormal 360 or 60, pardon me, Dave Schrader is here. We're going to be talking ghosts all night long. And then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller has a spooky story for us. Tim Sedor will be in for the UFO report. For the final time of 2022, our good friend Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers, based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, will take us on a ghostly journey that we call Ghosts of the Great White North. This is a night where we will talk everything paranormal, supernatural, and the best stories of 2022. And what better way to do this with our good friend Dave Schrader as our special guest. Dave is one of the top paranormal hosts in radio, podcasting, YouTube, 
you know what? I'll even say the world. I got that much respect for the man that I would say in the world he is one of the top brains when it comes to everything paranormal and supernatural. You may have seen him on numerous different television shows, and he's, you know, one of the best there as well. We're very proud to have him. We're very proud to call him a very good friend of Spaced Out Radio, and it just makes life a lot better having these guys here. Merle, it's good to see you. Dave Schrader, Merry Christmas to you, your lovely wife, Winnie, and your family, and uh, hope we all have a good show tonight. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate being here. Good to be back. Merle's got a new microphone, so he's all excited. It is. Maybe I'll take say more than ten words every half hour, right? Well, you know, you do have a word limit. You do have a word limit. We don't want to break that early. I'm at seven. I know. I know. Well, there's three more, so now you're up to ten. So you're done for the night, at least the next half hour. But uh, now, thank you so much, Merle. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here again for Ghosts of the Great White North, my friend. And, uh, you know, all the best to you, your daughter, and and everyone who's important to you. Merry Christmas. We love you, and uh, thank you for being one of my best friends in this field, my brother. Likewise, Dave. Yeah. Should I leave you alone? I feel like I'm... A third wheel all of a sudden. Oh, no, no, no. Now you're invited to this one. (laughs) No, no. Uh, The only only issue is, uh, to be honest with you, Dave, uh, Merle was like, I really want Dave Schrader for our our, show right before Christmas. And I said, you know what? I'll try and deliver him with a bow on. And I forgot to ask you to wear a bow. I apologize. Mm, Yeah, I apologize. I can't can't come up with one quick enough. But I've got... uh, a fresh nipple piercing is that close enough? That, that works for me. That'll do. Okay. That works That'll for do. me. That totally works. You know, Dave, you have uh, you have seen the real gamut of of really cool things in 2022. Here, it's been a, it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though in in our genre with what we broadcast on, it really has been the year of the UFO. But there's been a lot of stuff happening in the paranormal world, in television, in in radio, in podcasting, and people going on and and creating documentaries. Really been a fun year, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has been. It's good to see, you know, I, I remember thinking back when ghost, uh, ghost hunters kind of kicked off in what, 2004, 2005. And, uh, it, you know, it started to blow up. Then you had paranormal state ghost adventures. I started thinking, you know, man, around 2010, 11, this thing's going to blow this, this bubble's going to burst. And here I sit 11 years later and it just continues to grow, which is great for all of us because it means people are fascinated and interested in what we have to see and experience and share. And people, I think, just want to be heard. They want to have their own uh, experiences. And, And those that haven't, they get to live vicariously through those of us that have. For you, looking back on it, you do your own investigations. You had your own brand new television show uh, come out this year. I mean, it is a tough game with so much competition out there. How do you stay fresh? How do you how do you bring something new to the television networks or the producers or or the directors in trying to get you know on television and, and trying to to captivate them with a new idea? I've actually been really lucky. You know, throughout my life, I've just stumbled into the right place at the right time. And maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. I put a lot of work in an intention setting and, and manifesting. So uh, a lot of what I get to do is things that I've wanted to do my entire life and just kind of willed them into being. 
So I didn't really have to go out and pitch. Usually when I pitch an idea, I get nowhere with it. Um, however, when I, you know, I'm just kind of there with the flow. I got the call to be a guest on ghost adventures. I got the call to be a guest on paranormal state. Then when Zach Baggins did the uh, mini series paranormal challenge, he said, I want, I kind of want you to be my Simon Cowell for this. Do you want to step in? And I'm like, sure, this sounds great. It was a fascinating way to have fun with the paranormal, which I thought was lacking uh, in, in so much of what was on at that time. It was just, uh, let's have some fun with it. And we did, and we had a great time doing the 12, 13 episodes we did. And then, uh, you know, when I was asked to do the Holzer Files, I'd been asked numerous times to be parts of programs that were just non-original, and none of them lasted, um, you know, past five, six episodes. And that was because I think they were poorly thought out, just cookie-cutter imagery of other paranormal shows. I got offered the Holzer Files. We want you to be the lead investigator of a new paranormal show. It'll be three of you. And I'm like, oh, God, Ghost Adventures 2.9. I don't know. And then I had to sign this very thick non-disclosure agreement. And then um, they told me, we want you to kind of step into the shoes of Dr. Hans Holzer. We're going to reopen with his family's blessing, reopen his case files, go back in time. We've got original audio, photographs, video, and we want you to kind of help Dr. Holzer into the 21st century. So I jumped at that opportunity and get to work with Alexandra, his daughter and Cindy Kaza and, and Shane Pittman and Gabe Roth. It was just a, it was a, a love fest. I, I enjoyed every minute of it and I got to shoot 23 episodes. So two seasons and uh, had a great time. I think, I think we just missed out on naming it. People I, that find it love it. But when you you know, when you're up against ghost hunters, ghost nation, ghost adventures, kindred spirits, destination fear, it all kind of sells itself in the title. Ghost Brothers, the Holzer Files. I think had we called it Holzer's Ghost Files, we'd still be Hol- on. Holzer Nation. Well, I'm knows? I'm just wondering, you know, because Shane your your brother uh, from television, uh, Shane Pittman's a good friend of ours ours as well here. And I'm just wondering if it was the intimidation factor of Shane Pittman's beard always looking that perfect that really the television uh, people just couldn't handle. You know, that beard is perfect. Well, the fact is that originally for the show, they only wanted to sign his beard, but uh, the beard refused to be seen without Shane. Yeah, so, you I know, can see that. Shane, Shane kind of lucked into the role. The beard did prove its worth, though. You saw that. Oh, oh 100%, 100%. I believe that, too. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent believe yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, mm-hmm. and Shane, if you're listening, you better make a, a TikTok about that because that was just high quality storytelling right there. High quality <laughs> storytelling, <laughs> Dave. You know what? We always ask what it's like to be on TV, and you've been through a number of television shows uh, in mm-hmm. your career. When you get a group as tight as you were through the Holzer files. When you have to say goodbye, when 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 you don't get re-signed or re-picked mm-hmm. up, I mean, these are people you learn to love as family. How hard is that not going to work and seeing those people every day? I mean, that's got to be tough. Oh, it's really tough. That was, you know, my sister and brother, Shane and, and uh, Cindy. We just became a family and, and, you know, didn't know each other very well going in. We all knew of each other, but didn't know or work with one another. And it was a blessing, you know, and, and of course it took a little time and everybody had to get used to one another and, and, uh, the flow of the whole show. So 
then after 23 episodes, when you don't get called back in, it's, it kind of hurts, you know, you, you feel like, uh, you know, I don't care if the show's not there, but I'm, I'm going to miss these guys. Luckily, uh, the production company reached out to Cindy and I and said, Hey, we're redoing a new season of ghosts of, and, uh, there'd been ghost of shepherd's town season one and two with Nick Roth and Elizabeth Saint and, and, um, Season three came out, and it was Ghosts of Morgan City with uh, Ben Hansen, Sarah Lemos, and Katie Stafford, and um, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun demonologist. Uh, and then that show went off the air, and then COVID hit and shut them down for two years. And when they were finally ready to go, everybody had pretty much moved on to other projects. So they rolled Cindy and I over onto that show and, and Katie Stafford joined us. Uh, you know, he was on the the third season in Morgan city. So he had all this equipment and was ready to get back out there. So they connected the three of us. We got off running and having a great time. And, but I just can't tell you how much, you know, it was fun to kind of reunite with Cindy and get to go out and do that. Uh, I miss Shane desperately and wish we could hang out and do more shows together because we we have a great camaraderie and brotherhood between the two of us and that and that's going to be troublesome like when you go show to show to show you're not really used to that way that the other person investigates how they're going to act in front of camera are they a diva behind the camera you know and yet you guys were just so natural about it i mean going from crew to crew to crew how do you figure i mean i guess you've been doing it long enough that you know how to blend or or kind of take a a view of what's working for this show compared to that show and all that but i mean how hard is it to try and find that that natural blend i think it's you know you're lucky when you find a team that you work well with um but you know there was tension behind the scenes because again we didn't know each other and we were getting used to working together. And I know I got on Cindy's nerves because, you know, she's trying to tap in and do what she does. And I'm trying to be the investigator with the equipment and, and chasing the sounds. And, um, but like brothers and sisters, you get on each other's nerves, but it doesn't mean you don't love each other and you don't, uh, you know, respect what each other does. Um, it, it was, it was a tougher transition to go to devil's perch simply because Shane and I had, had, connected so strongly and KD is a very good guy. He's a really nice guy, but you know, he's kind of in his own head and in his own world. And he prefers to spend a lot of downtime just building his equipment and off on his own. So I was used to on Holzer files, kind of Shane and I were always off on some adventure, you know, checking out haunted cemeteries, looking for famous grave sites, uh, you know, dining together, hanging out and, we always had to stay separate from Cindy because we didn't want to take the chance of polluting her and letting her know too much uh, about what we were doing on, on the episode. We, you know, she wants to be kept in the dark so that whatever comes out is all natural from her. So she was used to that kind of solid, you know, solitude. I was not. So when we started filming devil's perch, we were in Montana for three months straight and, uh, you know, going into that and then only seeing each other really on set and working on set together and, and doing the investigations is great. But like there was, there was not that same connection as there was on Holzer files and that's not putting anybody down. Uh, you know, they're just, you, you don't always see that kind of magic and I'm, you know, I'm pleased with both shows and I'm extremely pleased that these networks and producers allowed us to do what we do and be who we are. And that if I wanted to pray or, you know, 
I, I had a heavy focus on let's help the families. Let's help the people. Let's help the ghosts, not just prove, oh, yep, there's something here. Let's go. We'll see you guys next week on blah, 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 and move on. What are we going to do now that we know that it's here? Now that we've seen the evidence, we've experienced it. I love that they allowed us on both Holzer Files and Ghost to Devil's Perch to take it to the next elementary step, which was solving the issue and trying to help the spirit realm and the humans come to peace with one another. Dave, one thing I admire about your work when you're, uh, you know, whether it's your new show or, or your previous one, The Holzer Files, is you go in there trying to solve mysteries. You go in there mm-hmm. like, like, you know, the old Scooby-Doo clan. You're, you're trying to solve a mystery, mm-hmm. whereas it seems like every other show that is out there, and I'm not trying to, you know, bump yours way up because you're our guest compared to Ghost Adventures or Ghost Brothers or any of the ghost names, but they all seem to be doing the same thing, same locations, like everything just seems very repetitive. And, you know, if you've seen, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. And to me as a, an enthusiast of this type of television, it's really kind of off put me because I'm looking for something different. I'm looking to be startled. I'm looking to be, uh, you know, get some answers as to what's going on. You know, as someone who is in the thick of it, you're doing it differently than everybody else. How have you been able to have success with that while everybody else wants to play copycat? Well, obviously success is uh, an interesting line to call. I mean, I did two seasons of Holzer Files and it stopped. I did one season of Ghost of Devil's Perch and we haven't heard about a second season. So maybe the cookie cutter is what people really want. You know, they... I, I know that doing my show, you know, I've been doing paranormal radio and podcasting for 17 years. And what are you going to talk about the science? We want to know the real science. Is there any real science? Well, it's science, science, science. Mm. So I get somebody in who, who speaks science and I can look at my chat room and I've got 250 people in chat. And as soon as we, well, we know that the theoretical discussion of spooky action at a distance and all of a sudden we're down to 180 yeah, and we're not quite sure what the neutronic value of the heat process of the atom movement could be that causes the ghostly spirit to appear cold spots or warm spots. Now we're down to 65. So people start getting the science that they demand. They tune out. Um, and there's very few that stay with. Just like mm-hmm. on shows, they like to see you scared. Like you said, you want that jump scare. You want to kind of feel that. That's We don't really do that that often. I mean, we're... I want to say lucky. I mean, I, I got attacked a few times on these programs spiritually and got my ass handed to me. But I look at it as a gift because I was the one that the spirit chose to make that connection with. And maybe it was because it knew empathetically that I would do the very best to help it and realize that the way it was lashing out was not meant as a a way to hurt me, but as a way to express how it felt. And it allowed me to feel those moments and and share those moments. So, you know, we tried to take it in a different direction and we, you know, we did our best. The production company was great at at allowing us to let the story breathe, but for what it's worth, these other shows that have been around ghost adventures is a prime example. They have mutated at least six, seven times in the 20 some seasons that they've done. They're not the same show they were when they began. And in two years, they won't be the same show that they are right now. I give them a lot of credit. And they 
obviously they're the biggest dog in the park and people love them for what they do and what they bring because they're kind of the thrill ride. They're the roller coaster that you're terrified to go on, but you stand in line the whole time dreading it. You do the same with ghost adventures. You watch it and you're like, oh, this is so silly. And this, oh my God, what just happened to him? Right. You're, you're trying to talk yourself down the whole time. And then when something happens, it, it terrifies you. And whatever the story is, ghost adventures, ghost hunters, paranormal state, ghost brothers, kindred spirits, destination, fear, each personality brings a different level to the story and what they focus on. Some focus on one part of the folklore and legend. Others focus on other parts. And, and uh, you know, the land is haunted. Well, the building's haunted. Well, the people are haunted. So there are different ways to look at a lot of what we do out there. And I give credit to every one of the shows that are doing it because they're trying and they're they're trying to make a difference and they're trying to entertain and educate people. And that's not an easy job to do. You know that. You're doing the show. You want to be entertaining. You want to be everything to everyone. And, and you never will be. Very true. Merle. See, what I like about the Holzer Files and Devil's Perch is you, you guys provide the and then what aspect, mm-hmm. which is as a cause like a paranormal investigator, I find that the most important thing to a show, the history, the process, and then the mm-hmm. end what happens now. Whereas a lot of the other ones don't provide the end what. They'll give you the, the scare factor. They'll give you the... the the token possession or, or whatever, but that's holes are, I always tell people, if you want to watch a really good paranormal show, watch that one because of how analytical and how like you, especially you sit back and you, you think about it and then, and then you mm-hmm. kind of, you plan what you're going to do. And, and I appreciate that because you don't go in with, with two pistols blazing. You actually are very analytical in how you do your process. And I, and I, I find that's kind of my style too. I am very using my head over emotion a lot of times, and 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 in Devil's Perch too. It's well, I guess with you and Cindy, it's kind of you have that you carried that chemistry over because in mm-hmm. Holes are you, you see your chemistry evolve. Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgcc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, we can help get you there. We have a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11th. Visit mgccc.edu to register today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And then I thought you do you would be doing a third season. Personally, I, I would have liked to see that because it's an it was an awesome show. And same with Devil's Perch. The the I get what you're saying about Katie and Shane. Because what you had with Holzer was, in my opinion, a perfect team. How you guys mm-hmm. presented on TV, um, Devil's Perch. You, you and you and Cindy carry that over, and I, I love that show. I'm I just sure. finished that. Thank one. you. And what I want to talk about later in the show was like there was a scene where you got where you said you felt stabbed, and you actually got mm-hmm. called an ambulance. That I had a similar choking sensation before, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we because we, we're almost done this half hour, but my next half hour we could talk about the different 
about getting touched and investigations and how you deal with it. Cause I know you're, you're more on the spiritual side of things too, like with mm-hmm. the praying and that. And I've never really done that before, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting to watch other investigators go through that same sensation of holy crap and how you mm-hmm. deal with it. <laughs> sure. That's, you know, a lot of this was new to me from mm-hmm. what I'd been doing and the experiences I've had throughout my life. Doing these shows was totally new and, and, opened me up to a lot more spiritually, physically, psychically, uh, mentally. And, you know, it's left me in shell shock at times. There were times I wasn't sure I wanted to continue because I didn't realize that it could have that deep an impact. But that's what it's all about. Pushing those boundaries, taking the next step, trying to learn and, and not let it scare me off. So I, you know, that's when I take a deep breath and reevaluate and, uh, all right, how can we tackle this a different way? What can we do to make this work? And Cindy was always open to it. KD was always open to it. Shane was always open to it. So I did, I, I lucked out on a lot of the concepts and ideas I had as well. That's really cool. The, yeah, like you, the way you're progressive, I quite like. You, you don't, you're not a cookie cutter. You try thinking outside of the box, and that's what I appreciate, and I think that's what attracts me and a lot of our listeners to Devil's Perch and Holzer Files because it's, in my opinion... Well, I give a lot of credit yeah, mm-hmm. to the production company because the production company really is who's driving the ship. Uh, they could easily just stomp down what we're doing, but they're, they've been very open and empathetic to our plight, and they see that what we deliver, I feel, uh, sometimes is, is even more powerful than just a jump scare and a... Mm-hmm. Oh my God, did you hear that? We actually have these emotional connections. Dave Schrader from Paranormal 60. Merle from Paranormal Road Trippers. It's Ghost of the Great White North here on Spaced Out Radio tonight as we continue to find out from these gentlemen in the next half hour their favorite spooky stories of 2022. We'll be right back. All right, we're clear, man. Awesome. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, that by quick. Hey, Merle, what's up with that doll, man? What is it? This doll behind Staring us. Staring through my soul. That's what she's there for. No. Um, no, so that I also collect haunted, supposedly haunted objects, artifacts, dolls, pictures, everything. Um, and that was one that was just recently gift or given to me. And I have yet to investigate it. She's kind of just chilling back there, and I leave her there in camera view. So, not much yet. Not much yet is with her. Do you have any feels from it? What do you think? I don't know, man. Burn the house down. <laughs> burn, burn the house down. It's... No, I don't know. I, I feel nothing towards it. Get out. Get away <laughs> from it. Is that her saying that? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> But you're right with uh, like the productions because it's all about the filming too and and the mm-hmm. storytelling. Yep. And they nailed it, um, especially Devil's Perch. I like that one. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> Still fighting this cold, man. I picked it up uh, two months ago and I cannot shake the cough. Oh, I've been like that. Oh yeah, been like that. Coming, uh, coming out of the summer. I didn't even think about taking up smoking just to get the menthol down my throat and stop the cough. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <clears throat> I do that too. I uh, do. They have fishermen's friends down there. 
Do you got those? No. No, oh. I'm actually this uh, Strepsil, Strepsils that I'm taking. These were out in Europe, and uh, Eddie, our bus driver, said, "Here, try these." And I have, and they're they work pretty decently. But tonight, I'm just super <laughs> junky feeling. We've got those too. They do <clears throat> me again. Nice. Millennium is coming to Vegas. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. We're having our second annual Vegas party, May 19th through 21st, 2023, at the Golden Nugget, Dave. If you want to, if you and Winnie are uh, bored and you want to come on by. What's the date on it? May 19th through 21st. Let me look at what my calendar looks like for the month of May. March, February, April. Let's see. April, May 5th and 6th, I'm tied up. May 20th through the 21st, I'm going to be at Paris Icon in uh, Mansfield, Ohio. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Sorry, buddy. <clears throat> I've already, yeah, I'm deeply booked into 2023 already. That's all Which right. Good. We're putting but... out the invite to everybody. We have. <clears throat> oh, sure. Make it make me feel special for a few minutes. <laughs> and when I say I can't be there, then you're like, well, whatever. We've invited everybody. Yeah, Pick yeah. Not that special, them. Dave Schrader. <laughs> we'll get you for the next. Hey, everybody. We'll get there you for the next one in 2023 or 2024. Let me look at my calendar real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I got something on that you, time. You and Bart He's L. Booked. You and Bart L. Have a uh, date at the hair salon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, Mister Barther L. If you are listening in, Merry Christmas to you and all the Bart heads out there. We appreciate you and love you, my man. Yeah, Bart. Yep, Bart. Feels weird to be quiet during this uh, break time, huh? So the people on the YouTubes get to watch us still. Yes. And vibe on this. Cool. Yeah. And uh, got word today that uh, uh, we're about to pick up another radio station in Utah. And uh, <coughs> apparently we're getting uh, working on one. Our, our one station that we're on in, in uh, Ontario is uh, looking at helping us expand to a second station in Ontario, which will be kind of nice. cool. That'll bring us up to, I think, nine terrestrial radio stations, eight or nine, something like that. I probably should know that, but so that's kind of cool. They're listening. Slowly breaking nice. it in, you know. <clears throat> Matrum, 604, good BC kid. Thank you for that awesome super chat, my man. Merry Christmas to you and to Simon down in Australia, Deb and NorCal. Very much appreciate the super chats. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you very, very much for your love and support and generosity. And uh, don't forget, you can do some shopping at our website, spacedoutradio.com we got great swag there, including Merle T-shirts. And get your own Merle <coughs> T-shirt Wow! at, at the store. Mm. Mm, choose wisely or get them all. Here we go, everyone. 
second half hour of Space Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey a favor, hit that subscribe button. Website is spacedoutradio.com. We got a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with Merle and Ghosts of the Great White North. It's Jingle Merle tonight as we get ready to say hello to our special guest this evening from Paranormal 360. Or why do I want to say 360? Paranormal 60. I apologize. Dave Schrader. Thank you, and welcome just, to Interspace Radio. It's good to be here. <laughs> God, just kick my ass right now. Well, Have I... yourself a merly little Christmas. I huh? love it. That's good. I don't right. know about that, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, you know, it's hard to believe we're already through 2022, minus a few days, and you know what? We all have the, that real weird haunting that really stuck with us in 2022. Dave, uh, we're going to start with you on this one. For you, what was your most incredible haunting experience this year? You know, actually, I did a show. I just replayed it earlier this week. I did a show on the 4th of July on my podcast, The Paranormal 60, and we talked to Mike Coleman the naked barefoot or a Bigfoot, um, really fun guy, nice guy. And he had an interesting story to tell. I was, I was contacted by friends actually from Scotland, <clears throat> pardon me. And, um, they said, uh, Mike is a fan, you know, he's got an interesting story and we don't know if he's going to be around a lot longer. You should talk to him. So I put out the invitation and had him on the show and he, Talk to me about this experience he had. He was a voodoo and hoodoo practitioner and had learned it all of his life and talked about this um, moment. One of his dear friends was passing and he didn't think he was going to get there on time. And he wanted to extend that person's life so he could get there, so he could hold their hand and be there for them. And he made this pact and a blood sacrifice uh, he, he bled himself to make this happen and it extended you know his the guides that were helping him with this told him this this could take 10 to 15 to 20 years off your life and he's like i don't care i need to be with my friend what he didn't know is that with every wish there comes a curse and prolonging this person's life giving them life three you know three days past when they were supposed to kind of thing all it did was create even more pain for the person. Unbelievable pain and anguish. And and he got there just to watch this person suffer. And then his body started to collapse. And he told me the story in July. And part of me is, you know, I'm a skeptical believer, guys. I hear stories. I take them at their face value as interesting. I don't necessarily believe all of it. I, you know, but. We lost him on October 31st. His organ shut down. He passed away. Oh, wow. And it was haunting to hear his story, to hear the cautionary tale of, you know, wishing somebody life, uh, 
against the time of fate and, and what it was supposed to happen. He cheated like the destination, um, what's a final destination movies. He cheated death and death sought him back out and sought this friend out and took them both. And it was not what they hoped for. It wasn't a glorious reunion where they embraced and kissed and it was like a Hollywood movie. And they gave, he gave of himself 20 years and got to be with the person he loved and it was blissful. And then they slipped to the other side in his arms. It was a brutal, blistering, painful experience all the way around and, and stole his life force. And that's, that really impacted me. And then to, you know, keep in touch with him and social media. And then all of a sudden he got quiet. And then I found out he lost his life on the 31st. And I think he had, uh, cause he, he broadcasted on YouTube, uh, just look up the naked Bigfoot and you'll see him. Um, it's uh, he's not really naked. It's just a nickname, but he tells his story, and I think he was on broadcasting two days before he passed. And uh, so that was really impactful to me, especially because it's somebody I knew, somebody I, I cared about. And makes you wonder, was there something more I could have done? And then I see myself leaning into that trap he felt all those years ago, helping out his friend. And, you know, I guess when when our time is done, it's time to let go. That's the big lesson for me, and as we come into this time of year, which is difficult for a lot of people, do everything you can to make life right now. With the people you love and the people you care for, the people you respect, let them know how much they mean to you so that in death, you're not left wishing there was something you could do or clinging to the hope that you could keep them here for one more day. We'll all miss the people that we lose in our lives, but let's honor them after their passing with good actions and good deeds and happiness and living a rich, full life that they don't get to live in their honor, not in spite of them, but in their honor. And to me, that spoke volumes and really affected my heart. Oh, that's amazing, Dave. Amazing uh, yeah. story. You know, for for you, watching this all kind of uh, down, come down and, and play the way it is, you know, how were you uh, able to, to cope with your own knowledge of, of what went on and, and, you know, trying to pay that respect as well? You just do the best you can, you know. I mean, I like I said, I talked to him about it. I heard his story. Some of it's so unbelievable. The, those concepts are just not part of my paradigm, my reality. But it doesn't mean that they don't exist. So when he faced his mortality, and at the end of the episode, I usually go to a place card that shows the title of the episode, and I give a little end cap of the show. And I broke down crying during that because it was so emotional. At the end of this ride, I just realized this may be the last time I speak to that human. This may be the last time he ever shares a story because he didn't know when he was going to go. He just knew it was coming. And that really just kind of walloped me. And then when he passed, I didn't know how do I, what do I do? What, 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 when do I honor him? How do I honor him? And I happened to have uh, this day where um, uh, this last week, it was rough. My my grandson fell down a flight of stairs. My one-and-a-half-year-old grandson fractured his skull. Oh, my. And he's still alive. And thank God for that. Thank God for the miracle. 
no internal injuries, no brain damage, no brain bleed, fractured skull, and they sent him home. And it's just something they have to look at and keep eyes on. But they felt he's going to be fine. So I didn't, I, I just didn't focus on my show that night. And I thought, you know what? Uh, that was that was an amazing twist of, of luck. And I remember a number of years ago, as somebody who's been a lifelong person that has feared death and the concept of death, my daughter um, had a collapse from diabetes. And it was the closest we've ever come to losing her. And when I, I rushed her into the hospital, the doctor came out to talk to me and her mother. And he said, had you waited another hour, I'd be telling you to go in and say your final goodbyes. Wow. And he goes, she's at the best place in the world. This is what we deal with. But I can't guarantee she's not going to have brain damage after this. I can't care. I don't know. We, we just have to see it through. It's going to be an hour by hour thing. And for somebody who is so impacted and terrified of death, in that moment, I just kind of, I literally sat back in my chair and I went, okay, well, if she goes, I go, because I'm not going to let her go alone. I'm not going to let my, my little girl go without her daddy. And I was just resolved to the fact that I would just take my own life to be with her, to help her. And it was this weird cathartic release, but it was also this, wow, maybe death isn't so frightening. Maybe in, in Thankfully, she rebounded and she's fine, but it was one of the most profound moments of my life. And then thinking about that, I thought, this is the day that you honor him. This is the day you're, you faced a mortality again. Let's share this story. Let, let people hear the cautionary tale of dabbling in the paranormal and, and thinking you have control, thinking you know how to deal with things and, and let people see that there is a real danger side to this and it cost a man his life. And it was powerful to listen to the story again. And I'd forgotten I broke it up at the end. I sat on with listeners around the world, you know, as the episode played and we chatted about it and talked online. And and then he made a couple lines about how precious life is and how quickly it goes. And you realize you're listening to this man saying it five months before he's about to pass. And now he's gone and you're watching this man and his beauty and glow from him as he has accepted his fate um, and welcomes death. That was just, it was a, it was a very unique experience all the way around. And it just, it helped me feel a little different about some of the darkness I've been feeling. Cause I've, I have been very open for years, Dave. I, I suffer with anxiety and depression me too. and I have a, I have a, a horrific case of imposter syndrome. Um, and it, it's, it's brutal. I don't know how to beat it back. And there are days it wins. And there are days I just want to hang my head and lay in bed and not do anything. And, and then I, I allow that to be a day or two. And then I get up and start doing stuff again, because that's what you need to do in life. You need to embrace and do everything you possibly can to just keep swimming. And that's, you know, those Amen. lessons are what I've learned. Um, and I think that's why none of us are going to ever truly get the answer to what happens next. We may get flickers and shimmers of those views of the next part of our life. But I think if we all knew for sure we could come back and start all over again, it would impact suicide rates. It would impact our mentality. We're already a disposable community and world. 
it would only be worse if we had a guarantee and we knew that guarantee. So I think, you know, a lot of the reason we don't have all the answers is because we're not meant to so that we can truly enjoy this life. And I try not to lose myself in that. And maybe Merle, maybe you're in that same position. Sometimes I find myself so interested in the afterlife and chasing that balloon that I forget about living. I forget about the things that are important right now. I 100% agree with that. Um, you kind of don't stop and smell the roses. You're just kind of chasing it. And, and I'm, guil- I'm guilty of sin for that. I, that's one thing that I try to manage when I'm on investigations or even day-to-day life is just slowing down mm-hmm. and um, being able to enjoy now. Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11th. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgccc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now, so you can enjoy later, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I. So just, that would be. I don't. I don't mean to be a downer, guys. No, no. <laughs> that was a down. Coming that into the deep. holidays, but no, but but there, But Dave, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful reality to to what you were saying. I mean, I mean, you said a lot of things that a lot of us uh, people out there. Uh, you know, we we are scared. We are, we do live with anxieties. We do live with depression and imposter syndrome. And I'm I'm the exact same way. You know, I'm I'm diagnosed, and and I just it, it's a continual fight. It's a continual mm-hmm. fight, just trying to to f- feel worthy. And thankfully, we have all of these listeners who help pat me on the back every night, and you too as well uh, to to kind of give you that that little bit of a buzz and that little bit of a high that you need in order to say, you know what, damn it, maybe I am good enough. Maybe I am mm-hmm. worthy and, and, and valued, you know? So, I mean, I I fully respect everything that you said there, really do, and I appreciate you saying Thank that. You. If I could, let me give you and your listeners and followers a little gift, okay, for the holiday season. <clears throat> this is something that I've been working on that's helped me tremendously. Uh, I believe in time travel. And I believe that like Dr. Sam Beckett, who stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished, right? He leapt within his own lifetime. And I believe we have that capability without mechanics, without a machine. I think that we have that ability within our own lifetime to intercede for ourselves. And here's what I mean. 
I'd like all of your listeners and viewers, unless you're driving a car right now, to just kind of close your eyes and take a few deep breaths in through the nose and slowly out through the mouth. Again, in through the nose and out through the mouth. And right now, I want you to just imagine one time in your life. Don't fight which one. Just pick one time that you felt lonely, broken, useless. And I want you to just be in that moment. Feel that pain. See that version of yourself. And now I want you to go over to that version of yourself in your mind's eye. And I want you to bend down and take yourself in your own arms. And I want you to just say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. There's so much more out there. Tomorrow will be another day. And it's okay to repeat this because I think about how often we lay there in bed at night, unable to sleep, remembering back to moments in our life when something shattered us and we felt so alone and so tired and so broken. And then as we get older, we start to come to terms with it. Maybe it's because we're taking these moments now to pay homage to that. And we can go back and say, okay, look, this broken, sad individual is me. But that moment is not what defines me. What defines me is that I got up the next day and I brushed the dirt off, spit in my hands and wiped them clean and moved on to today. And here's where we are now. Now go back to that moment anytime you want and revisit it every time you can and give love to you. The only person in this world who's going to really watch out for you is you. And if you keep seeking others to fulfill you, to make you whole, you will live a disappointed life. But when you learn to love and respect yourself and go back to those moments in time and be the support you need, I think you're going to see a change. There will be a butterfly effect. It's not going to change the world around you in the sense of, you know, words are spelled differently like the time travel books and Kennedy survived the assassination. It won't be those kind of moments, but I think you'll start to see that the world around you will change because you have changed your world. And that means that your perspective has changed. And when you change the way you view things, the things you view will change. So take control back. We're not victims. We're, we're meant to be so much more than victims of our own circumstance. So I just hope people will heed that word and remember, it's okay to be broken. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. That doesn't make you a bad person. And it doesn't make you alone. But getting back up, that's what's going to determine who you are. So get back up. Brush it off. And I know that sounds easier said than done because I deal with depression and anxiety as well. But make those choices, right? You stand there and look at a mountain and you think, holy hell, I'm never going to climb that. But if you just put one hand in front of the other and start moving your way up, that's when you see change, one step at a time. And start by giving yourself the love that you deserve, the respect you deserve, and empower yourself. You're not a victim to anyone around you, and you're not a victim to your past or curses. You get a chance to change that and dictate what your life means. And I hope that all of you listening will take that time to do that every night. Deep breathe, visit those moments, and just revel in the feeling of love that you're giving to yourself. Power, man. 
That was perfect. Um, probably one of the most profound things that's ever been said on this show in eight years. That was and, real talk right there. That was good. Yeah. I mean, I could go on forever on this topic because, you know, like most uh, most people out there, especially if you're a father, you get tired of the fight. Mm-hmm. You get very tired of the fight because every day is a grind. You fight for that paycheck. You fight for the audience. You're fighting social media. You're fighting stigmas. You're fighting uh, for food. You're fighting for everything. You know what I'm saying? And it just keeps on punching and punching and punching. And if you're one of us unlucky ones who's been divorced with children, sometimes those punches hurt a little bit more. But the only thing we can do is keep waking up, like you said. Wake up the next morning and that's it, man. And change the way you address it, right? Mm -hmm. We're not fighting for these things. We're earning these things, Dave. We're putting the effort into entertain and educate, enlighten these listeners and followers to give them something to lift them. The best compliments I've ever gotten aren't, boy, you're a good looking guy or boy, I love your voice or boy, you've got great eyes. What, what impacted me is your show entertained me and it made me laugh when I needed to laugh and it made me think when I needed to think and it took me out of my own mind for an hour a night and that made my life better. So thank you. That's the best compliment I've ever given. And that's what I take back to myself in those moments. I take back those great moments and I'm like, look at this, buddy. It sucks right now. Yeah, they're making fun of you. They're singing stupid songs and mocking you and ridiculing you. But look who you're going to become. Look mm-hmm. what you're going to get to do. And you get to have this love. You get to create your own show. You get to see your dreams come true. And and. Turning, here's here's a key word element for all of your listeners. Get and got, right? Man, I got to go do this. I got to take my daughter to dance class. And then I got to pick up my kid and take him to Cub Scouts. And then I got to take my kid shopping this weekend for a prom dress. No, you don't, jackass. You get to. You get to spend that 10 minutes in the car with your kid taking him to karate class. You get to spend a few more minutes watching your daughter dance the ballet. You get to take her to watch her buy her prom dress. Because the minute you start feeling like it's a chore, you lose everything that was important, which was being in the moment with that person. And living that moment. So stop gotting to do things and start getting to do things. And you will feel better about life. I promise you that from the bottom of my soul. And I know you're thinking that sounds too easy. That's malarkey. That sounds like tree huggery metaphysical nonsense. Prove me wrong. That's all I'll tell you. Prove me wrong. Try it for 30 days. One Try of the, it. One of the hardest lessons I ever went through when I was going through my my divorce, because my ex-wife left me for another dude. And this is getting personal here. I, I've never really talked about this. But one of the hardest things for me to do was to look into a mirror and tell myself, I love you. And, mm-hmm. and that, because when I used to look in the mirror, I used to, every swear word in the book would come out at least a dozen times when I made eye contact sure. with myself. Because you feel like a failure. You do. But the minute I changed that and started saying, I love you, man. Great hair today. Great goatee. Great beard. Whatever it is, that's when you start turning that negative to a positive. Mm-hmm. And that is game changing. Game changing. Hey, looking at yourself is never easy, man. So that's why I said start doing it in the mind's eye first. Start giving yourself that love. 
so that you start healing inside so that when you look at the outside, it doesn't seem as scarred and ugly and beat up and bruised. I'm slowly coming out of these moments of depression and anxiety quicker because I have started to embrace different elements of this and to realize that now instead of, of standing there fighting a storm that I can't beat, I stand there and I let it wash over me, knowing that when this is complete, it's going to wash me clean and take that depression and anxiety away. Mm-hmm. All right, now what can I do today to yep. get better? I have hanging up in my bathroom. I've got a picture and I've got squares. I've got a stack of money. I got podcast uh, award. I've got this. I've got that. And, and right in the middle, it says, what are you doing today to make sure that these goals come true? And I, I try to remind myself of that every day, even on the bleakest of days, because again, this isn't a contest. This isn't a competition. This isn't a my life is worse than yours. But in the last year, I gave up the radio show that I started 16 years ago to start from scratch. I don't know the fate of my TV future. I don't have a paying job for the first time in my adulthood. I'm just doing what I love to do, and I'm putting myself out there, and I keep manifesting to have new things and new experiences. And you know what? Each month I'm met with new experiences, and the money's always there. Beautiful, he said. Dave Schrader, Paranormal 60, television star in the paranormal world. We love him around here. A man of very strong words. Right here with Merle and myself on Ghost of the Great White North. We continue with hour number two. I promise we will get to some ghost stories when we return. Hell yeah, Davey. Hell yeah. That was awesome. Thank you for All that. truth. Sorry I'm taking you off your, your ghostly tales. That's okay. That's okay. That message needed to come out, man. That message needed Absolutely. to come out. I hope so. I've tried to share that a few times this year with people because I think, like your listeners are saying, we're not alone, and you're not alone. You know, I had uh, high school, right? You're never more vulnerable than when you're a teenager, boy or girl. And uh, I lost the first love of my life, and... Uh, through a weird set of circumstances, ended up losing all my buddies. And uh, I, you know, made the choice to end my life. I put the gun in my mouth, pulled the trigger, and it went off and nothing fired. I did it again. I checked everything was in place. The bullet was in the chamber. And third time, nothing happened. And then my dad's headlights panned into my room. And I thought, I can't let him hear this shot. I'll do this another time. You know, who? you don't want somebody to hear that and know that they were 10 seconds too late. So I put the gun away, went downstairs, started listening to the radio, put my headphones on. I catch the end of this 80s pop tune because it was, you know, 1985. And uh, I scroll the bar because some crap song came on. I catch that other song again and I listen to it. And I scan the bar and I hit the song again. And I just kept getting called to the song. And about after the third or fourth time, I felt hands release off my ears. And I heard the words, you can't start a fire sitting around crying with a broken heart. You can't start a fire worrying about your little world falling apart. And I listened to a man talk about how he can't stand his hair, his face, his life, the circumstances he's in. But you can't let that beat you. You got to step up. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm not alone. Bruce Springsteen is singing how I feel, which means he's walked in these footsteps. And, you know, I picked up on that all those years ago. And then I went to see him on Broadway, and he, he talks about his fight with depression and anxiety, and then sings Dancing in the Dark. That was his song to himself, and it it vibrated and spoke to me. And it made me realize I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. Other people have felt this. Other people have survived this. 
And as tough as it gets, I'm going to do the same thing. And then as a parent, a whole new set of rules came in. There is no checking out early because that only sets a precedent that if they don't like the way things are going, they can do it too. And I will not have that on my conscience or my, my shoulders. Absolutely. I, yep. I'll, I'm, I'll be right back guys. No worries, brother. <clears throat> Power of positivity always prevails. <laughs> I, we can see the chat room here. So if you have any direct questions, I'll fill for a little bit while Dave's taking a quick break. And before commercial break, is there any quick questions? I'm just looking on the uh, YouTube chat. <laughs> Dog faces. Here I am trying to be honest. Damn comedy. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit comes in and moves us in our times of need and in strange ways. That's what rags to riches says. And I, I agree. Doug Shelby says, dude, Springsteen and the E street band put on a heck of a show. They certainly did. You know, I really, this was so cool. Um, so that, that moment saved my life, that moment with Bruce Springsteen. <clears throat> and in 2016, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer, fourth stage lung cancer, and she was moving pretty quickly to the end game. And uh, I'd always wanted to meet Bruce Springsteen. And all of a sudden, he was doing this book signing, and he was going to locations around the United States, but nowhere near me. And I saw he was going to be at this bookstore in Los Angeles. So I bought a ticket on a whim, flew out to Los Angeles, literally for like a two-day ticket. Flew out there, didn't get a hotel. I slept on the street because you had to stay in line overnight. Uh, and I stayed in line. And I got up in the morning with our, you know, 2,000 of my closest Bruce Springsteen friends. I was in the top 150 people. So I was guaranteed an autograph and a book and getting to meet him. And we made our way in. And as we were approaching Bruce Springsteen and I was about 20 minutes away, my dad called me and he said, I've got bad news. She's not going to make it. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll come home right now. And he said, no, you're going to go meet Bruce Springsteen. Cause that's what mom would want. And I said, okay. And I got up and I, you're standing there and you're like, this is the guy that saved my life. This is the guy whose music put me on my path and spoke to me in so many ways. What could I possibly say to this guy? in eight seconds you get with him. Mm -hmm. And I did what I could. I just walked up, I shook his hand and I stared into his eyes and I said, your music saved my life. And he said, that's good. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. And then he smiled and put his arm around me. I took a picture and I walked off and got my autograph book, drove directly to the airport, got on a plane and flew home. But that was amazing to me. I mean, my, I manifested and talk about the power of that. Uh, I look on my, my Facebook messenger, my Facebook uh, memories and three years to the date, almost it said, okay, universe, here's my goal. I want to meet Bruce Springsteen, make this happen, put this in my path, almost three years to the date. So he was there on the day. I got the worst news of my life when I found out my mom was going to die. Wow. And he was there when I was ready to take my own life. So to me, it was like, things happen for a reason. Music has been my savior my entire life, you know, music and humor and comedy. So I've just been a very lucky guy, and I hope everybody out there can find their own Bruce Springsteen, their own way through this mire to realize they're not alone. And maybe it's just listening to Merle and Dave Scott and Dave Schrader talk about this to realize these guys are still here. I can do it too. And you can, I promise you. Yeah. Damn rights, my friend. Awesome. Love you, man. Love you, man. And and Dave, I want to thank you publicly that uh, when you found out that my mom was uh, not doing well, you immediately reached out. 
uh, and uh, asked if I needed anything or anything like that. That's 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 true humanity, man. Thank you for that. I'd walk that mile myself, my friend. All right, we got 10 seconds here before we're going to launch. Thank you to all our super chatters. Very much appreciate it. And uh, here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Mandamus. Mandamus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. It is Ghost of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, from the Paranormal Road Trippers, is here. Carol of the Merles tonight is what we're calling them. And, of course, Dave Schrader from Paranormal 60 is here with us as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Very much appreciate it. And, uh, Merle, right before the break, we had asked about, you know, spooky stories of 2022. You've done a lot of paranormal investigations this year, Merle. Uh, what what would be your top one that really got to you? Um, I, got, I got a tie for you. I got two. Um, the first one for me would be what I considered kind of my holy grail of evidence, the the best verification I can have from a client I've ever gotten. Um, we were investigating a place called the Alexandra Lodge. It was built in 1854. It had seen the Caribou Gold Rush Trail. It had seen the um, fur trading, the Hudson Bay. It's everything. It's, it's seen war. There's a big Fraser Canyon war between the indigenous and the Americans and British. So it's seen tons of traffic. And we were doing something called the Estes method, which is sensory deprivation. And um, what, what happened was our friend Anthony, our investigator Anthony, was in the, uh, in the cellar of this old house. And Sandra and I were asking the questions upstairs while Anthony was doing the sensory deprivation downstairs. And um, when we were asking our questions, Anthony just kept saying fishnet, which is random in a place like this, and um, two names over and over again. And then um, halfway through our session, the the property owner comes in and she goes, hey, have you guys gotten anything yet? How's your night going? And um, I'm like, uh, we got a few names and uh, a word just randomly keeps coming up. So I said the two names and I said fishnet and I said, do any of these mean anything to you? And she said, no, I, I don't know anything about those names or, or, or a fishnet. And then when she was leaving, she stopped, she turned around, pale as a ghost to us. 
She's like, actually, um, a relative on the East Coast was fishing and was pulled under by a fishnet and died. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. While he was fishing. And his, his son, the other name, was just at the lodge for the summertime, uh, spending time there and celebrating the life of the uncle. And I guess the son forgot a memorial to bring back home. So basically, the Estes had, had named the two people that this impacted plus the cause of death. And I was like, wow. And then she, she was so grateful that she, it was validation for her. We were trying to communicate with the spirits of the property or whoever is said to haunt this historic property. But this was more of a family sign for them. It was really, really interesting to to experience that. Wow. wow. Yeah. Story number two? Oh, story number two. I got to take part in an, uh, a documentary in Vancouver. Um, there's a serial killer memorabilia collector. We had him on last month. And um, he has Jeffrey Dahmer's urn. <laughs> He has Jeffrey had Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses, John Wayne Gacy painting, uh, personal letters, personal artifacts, books, you name it. And um, I got to interview him, and I got to investigate all of basically anything I wanted to in his uh, little museum. And we we filmed it, and it was really interesting. Just to, a lot of it, we didn't get anything. It was nothing, no blips on or EDIs or sensors or anything, but a couple, the urn, we got some hits and, um, a Jonestown record we got hits on. Hmm. So that was just kind of, it was just how many people can say they've investigated that. <laughs> it's just really, really interesting to surreal and kind of ominous in a way. Mm-hmm. So my best ghost story of 2022 would be, just recently when uh, we got called down when my mother wasn't uh, we weren't sure if my mom was going to make it through uh, the next 48 hours and i and i quickly uh, you know shut the radio show down and and uh, you know 
race down to uh, my hometown of Abbotsford, British Columbia, and we we went to the hospital. And the first thing that I noticed was, you know, being a, a little bit intuitive that there was nothing there because it we I just celebrated the. 11th anniversary of seeing the angel of death in my mother's eyes and then channeling him that night uh, where he explained how to keep my mom alive. So I was expecting to go into that room, my mother's uh, hospital room, and, and feel him and see him and and, and get that energy, and he wasn't there. And I, I said within two minutes to my partner, I said, I said, she's going to make it. She, you know, uh, he's not here. The angel of death isn't here. But that night, we get back to my 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 parents' home, and my dad has gone to bed, and I walk into the kitchen of my parents' house, and I literally run into the energy of my nephew that passed away in 2018, and I could feel it like every every goosebump on my body was was sticking up. And, and I said to, I said to my nephew, I, I, I called him Stu. His name was Bryce. I called him Stu. And I said, Hey Stu, how you doing buddy? And I said, you don't need to be here tonight. I said, we got grandpa. I said, don't worry about grandpa. Cause he was very, very close with my dad. And I said, we got grandpa taken care of. You don't need to worry about grandpa. I just need you to go take care of grandma. Okay. You know where grandma is in the hospital. Go, Just go take care of her. And within like 10 seconds, that entire energy of him left the kitchen. And, you know, it was, and for those who've been around that type of situation, it's very heavy. It's very taut. It's very, you know, uh, weighty on your shoulders. And all of a sudden, just everything disappeared. And I knew at that moment, my nephew had went over to spend and and take care of my mom. And that was a very powerful moment for me this year. Very powerful. Wow. It's amazing when you realize just how in touch you are with, with people in your life and the sensitivities, you know, I, I'd never had really mediumship or psychic abilities, but here we come up on the, uh, Oh gosh, uh, it was 1988. It was uh, New Year's Eve. I had uh, I had been driving all my friends home. I stayed sober cab that night, driving everybody home. And every time I drive past my my mom's street, I would have these visions of her collapsing and being brought out to an ambulance. And I'd shake them off, and I drive, and then go back and get some more people and drive them. And every time I pass, I just kept having worse and worse feelings. So bad that I even drove up the street one time just to make sure there wasn't an ambulance or something there and no lights going in the house. I finally, I, I'm supposed to spend the night at my friend's house. I go over there and I'm like, you know what, man, I just, something's wrong. I got to go home. He's like, all right. I go home. My mom was cute. She was just a little old lady. She comes shuffling out. Her hair's all bedhead and one eye squint and the other eye open. She's like, what are you doing home? What's going on? Everything okay? I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm fine. I'm just going to you know, have a drink uh, at like a Coke or something. I'm going to have my drink and I'm going to go downstairs and go to bed. Hold on. Let me go to the bathroom. I'll be right with you. She turns around and boom, goes into a full grand mal seizure. And then what ensues is, you know, 10 minutes of comic gold as my idiot father and I having no medical training, know nothing what to do. 
My dad hears the slam. I call out. He's down the hall. He's already like lifting her. She's like a plank of wood. He lifts her straight, straight up and he's like, what's going on? And all of a sudden she starts to fall backward and he grabs her sweatshirt and off comes her sweatshirt. And she hits the ground again, just like Abbott and Costello trying to, you know, do medical services. And my dad goes, I know what to do. I've seen this before. I'm like, what do you mean you've seen this before? Mom's had these before. And he's like, no, I've seen it at work. I'm on the construction job. And he's about ready to start giving her mouth to mouth. And I go, she doesn't need mouth to mouth, idiot. She's breathing. Listen to her. Because she was, <laughs> you know, and my, my poor dad didn't know what to do. He And then finally looks at me and goes, go in the kitchen and get the book. And I'm like, yeah, the book will help. And I ran in and I'm digging around. And all of a sudden I stop. I go, what book am I looking for? And he goes, I don't know. Isn't there something that tells us what to do? And then all of a sudden, uh, I grab the phone and I dial 911. And I get the, this service is not yet available in your area. Oh, no. What? Do, do, do. This service is not available in your area. And I hang up the phone. I'm like, it, the thing isn't available in our area. And all I could see are my mom's feet in the kitchen as they're twitching and she's going through this grand mal seizure. And all of a sudden, I hear, <laughs> And then her feet just stop, and I hit the wall and I slumped down, and I just witnessed my mom pass. Until all of a sudden, I hear my mom go, "What the hell are you doing? And where is my shirt?" <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, well, you—I don't know—you collapsed. We were trying to help. She goes, "Why is my shirt off?" And he's like, "I—I I was trying." She goes, "And my jaw is killing me. What's wrong with my jaw?" Well, at the one point, her tongue was sticking out. And I tried to poke my finger and to push the tongue back in so she wouldn't bite her tongue off. And when I did that, she bit my finger. <laughs> so my dad, who's a tough construction worker, pried her mouth open to get my finger out of there before she ended up choking on the tip of my finger. But it was just this amazing, stupid night that ended in pure laughter and, and ridiculousness. Mom was fine and never had another grand mal seizure in her life. Um, but that was just like the most... But that showed me how connected we were. I knew something was wrong, man. The great, you know, interweb of of space and time was beating like a heart, and it was letting me know there's something at home, and you got to go home. You got to be there, and I was there, and uh, it was weird. It was a weird but funny moment. Like I said, two idiots running around trying to figure. Get the book. I'll get the book. Oh, I'm gonna get the book, Jerry. Right, and I, <laughs> I can't find a book. I don't know what's going on. Uh, our, our connection to our loved ones. Those are the memories I fill myself up with, Dave. And if it helps you as well, the great memories we have of those that we lose, um, honoring them with the laughter. That's the gift we can give back to them. That's the gift that we hold in our heart, right? Uh, it's the way of, like I said, taking a look at different things. I was there when my mom passed and I held her hand as she gurgled and took her last breath and it tortured me afterwards. I felt horrible. I'm like, I shouldn't have seen this. Nobody should see this because there's nothing you can do. And there's nothing worse than feeling completely powerless when you're letting somebody go. And I carried that with me until I did my ayahuasca journey. Right. And I do this ayahuasca journey. And at one point I'm, I'm speaking to this heavenly voice. And I, you know, I said, why did I have to witness that? That was horrible. And the voice said, no, it was cyclical. Your mom was there for your first breath. Her gift to you was being there for her last. And that's like the, I get to, I got to, it just flipped the switch in me. I got to hear and be there for her. She was there the minute I came out and 
life breathed into me and I got to be there for her the moment she, and life breathed out of her. So that breath of life continues on in the two of us. And it took away that stigma and that PTSD of what I witnessed. Did it open me up to a totally different perception of how to, to experience that. And I, I have no bad feelings towards my mom about anything. We had a great relationship. We told each other we loved each other every day. We just had a fantastic, and even when we'd fight, we'd make up within an hour, right? It was just who we were. So even putting back a few and a few becomes a few too many for a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, it's Shirley Strawberry wishing you happy holidays this season. What do the holidays mean to you? For most of us, it means getting together for family gatherings, traveling, or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I I don't feel this overwhelming need to call upon her now that she's gone. Instead, I try to do things in her honor. I want to make sure that this family's going to have a Christmas this year and this family's going to be positively impacted by that. And I'm going to go do this and we're going to try to raise money for that. And, and I do things in her honor to try to keep that connection with her. And that's what I feel. I don't need to see her, talk to her, hold her hand anymore because I always have her with me and you have your mother with you. And you know, that's, that's what life is about is, is death is not the end. Death is the beginning of the new adventure for both of you. And you will be reunited. I'll be reunited. And we'll have this opportunity to share more and more laughs and more love. And that's, to me, that's that keeps my drive going. And it's really helped to stamp down my fear of death and dealing with death. Um, so make the best of life, friends. Go out and, and forgive and hug. doesn't mean you have to forget when people have done things, but forgive because when you hold on to anger and rage, the only person you're hurting is you, right? What's the famous quote by, I think it's uh Buddha, uh, you know, hatred is like drinking poison and waiting for the person that you're mad at to die. It, that does, you no good. You've got to give it away, breathe it away, be done with that because it doesn't serve you. And it keeps you from getting where you need to be. And you're so much more than the things that people have done to you. So forgive, move on, and make your life a better place to live in so that you attract people of better quality, better caliber, so that they're they're there to make your life better. And I think that those are the kind of values we get from investigating claims of the paranormal. You realize the things, you know, the, the stories that I heard. I, I had fascinating things. Merle, you talked about having that moment with um, 
with the Estes method. I did that on the ghost of devil's perch. I had one of the most profound and heartbreaking moments in my life, but it taught me so much more about living mm-hmm. and realizing that everything is important. And these ghosts that have been lost to time, they're angry and they have a reason to be because they've been forgotten and nobody wants to be forgotten. Absolutely. And I think that that's what has me going in the paranormal field as well. Um, I like to go to the forgotten places to try and communicate. So those spirits or previous people are not forgotten. And if I can share mm-hmm. their story, if I can even get a word out that they want to say, mission complete to me. Right. And Dave, I'll tell you, if you ever want to reach out to somebody that I honestly trust and believe in for their abilities, go to spiritart.com. Michael and Marty Perry, two of the most talented and gifted mediums I've ever met with. I might not believe in a lot of the things they believe in personally and politics and religion and things like that, but their abilities are beyond reproach. Um, there are some people like that, that are out there that just astound me whenever I see the work that they do. Um, but you can call in the spirits anytime and feel that and give those moments, like I said earlier, that you give to yourself, give them to the loved ones in your life too. And you'll feel them with you. I don't need to call to my mom to know that there are times I know she's there. I know she was with my grandson when he fell down that flight of stairs. Mm -hmm. I know that he's still alive because my mom was there. And I have no doubt about that. Yeah, very, very much. So Dave, I want to ask you in regards, Mm -hmm. because you are so passionate about the paranormal topic. we got about four and a half minutes left before we go to break. Mm-hmm. For you, is it about solving these life-after-death mysteries anymore? I know you know personally, you've got your own personal beliefs, but for many people out there, they, they still struggle with whether or not there is something out there after we are, are breathe our final breath. And they want that confirmation that there is something more that goes on. Have have you mm-hmm. have you in your paranormal career come to the conclusion that we still need to find that answer, or is it an answer that everyone has to find individually? Have you ever just craved a meal at a at a specific restaurant, and you get there and the weather sucks and the food is cold and it's not living up to that expectation? And, and at the end of it, you're like, damn it, this was such a disappointment. But the whole way there, you sang your favorite songs, you and your spouse or loved one or friends or, or siblings or children laughed together. You had that moment. And, you know, they say that it's in the journey, not the destination. And I do take that to heart now a lot more because sometimes things don't live up to the expectations, but let's have as much fun getting there as we can. I think people always are going to be fascinated by what comes next. And I think what's beautiful about it is I've learned to open my mind so much more that nothing needs to be in one little parcel box. I can allow a hundred parcel boxes to be filled with all the different possibilities that are going to be there. And that's okay for me. I don't need to prove to you that the paranormal happened to me. I don't need to prove to you the existence of the things I know. Those are mine. Those are my experiences. Your journey is getting there as well, finding ways to have fun doing these things and embracing the moments, living in those little moments in between getting up, brushing your teeth, you know, taking a shower, going to work, coming home, doing the grocery shopping, doing the laundry, eating your dinner, going to bed. That's what everybody does. Live in those moments in between, revel in those moments in between. That's where we're going to find real magic. And, and 
I just think if people start doing that, they're going to start finding some fascinating things. I, I've totally changed my perception on what I believe heaven and hell to, be, to be, what spirits really are. There's no one answer to what a ghost is. I think it's something different to everybody and nobody's wrong. I really believe that. I think that that's what the paranormal is, is it's something specific. My hell will be living through, and I believe I'm going to see both firmly believe each one of us will see both, which has put me onto a George Bailey task in my life to try to be the best person I can be and affect the most amount of people I can in the biggest, most possible uh, positive way. Because I believe that my hell will be living every minute of the life of a person I've affected negatively for the words I said that cut them to the quick, the pain that they felt in their heart and carried with them that might've influenced and affected their other friendships. I think I'm going to feel that pain, every ounce of it. And then I think once I've done all that, I get to go to heaven. And when I get to heaven, it's going to be getting to live every moment of everybody's life that I got to help and was a benefit to and how I set that path in motion. That to me is what heaven and hell truly are. We're in purgatory right now, right? That's just the waiting so make the best of the waiting, right? Waiting sucks. Why not have fun while you're doing it? Find things that inspire you. When you're in your own head, find something else to do that can help other people. Get you out of your own brain space, right? And that's how I think we start to we, we start to pinch that gap between the other side and here. When we're not so much in here, but we're allowing the heart to live and the, the soul to breathe and expand, that's when we start to have those moments of connection. I had that connection with my mom because I was doing good things for people that night. I was making sure my friends got home from parties, that there would be no accident that would take the lives of my friends that night. And I think that's why I was given the gift that something might happen to your mom tonight. You want to be there with her. She needs you. And that's why I got that little window in because I was coming from a heart space instead of a, a brain place. So hopefully your, your viewers and listeners and you can take that to heart as well. Live a full life mm -hmm. and enjoy it and make as much positive impact in the rest of the world as you can. And in those moments you feel like, yeah, but this would be a good time to needle this person. Just remember, you might have to feel that needle someday in your life, in the afterlife, and realize what that little needle for you, that two seconds of glory, how, how it affects everybody else. We got Dave Schrader. We got Merle here. Mm -hmm. Ghost of the Great White North for another 30 minutes on Spaced Out Radio. We will continue. We'll take your questions if you're in one of our chat rooms. And we'll continue with the fun tonight. Talking of ghosts and paranormal with these two great dudes. We'll be back right after this. It's fun times. Fun times. Good times. I feel like I'm just bringing this whole party down, guys. I'm sorry. <coughs> no way, man. This is a great show. Not at all. Great show. I still think my mom shows her presence once in a while. I lost my mom to cancer in 2006. I was 23, 24. Um, the week after she passed away, um, my mom collected 70s, 80s Tupperware. We all know what it looks like. Like the mm -hmm. beige and orange, you know. Burnt orange, avocado <laughs> green, marigold, gold. Yeah, I'm with you. You nailed it. And she was a hoarder of it. And my dad was like, I don't know what to do with all this crap. And then my dad just kind of piled it in our laundry room. And um, I go to do laundry, and it's just everywhere. And I, I said out loud, Mom, your Tupperware, insert swear word. Um, and that night when I was 
gone to bed because I, I moved back home to stay with my dad for a little while with the whole transition. Right. And um, all of a sudden, the the uh, laundry room door swung open and all the Tupperware all over the floor. Like somebody just went, swooped it with her hand. I'm like, yeah, there's your temper. <laughs> <laughs> So in life, so in death, huh? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to refill my water jug. I can still hear you guys, so feel free to talk. No worries. Sorry to dodge off camera. I started a sneezing fit, and I didn't need to sit here. Oh, <laughs> spastic. That's on quite camera. okay, my man. That's quite okay. Yep. I could cheer you up by singing a Christmas song. If you knew how badly I sang, you would not say that at all. Oh, trust me. I know that feeling all too well. He's got to sing me Wish You a Merry Christmas. That'll make Christmas for everyone. It's Carol of the Merles, my friend. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, it's Shirley Strawberry wishing you happy holidays this season. What do the holidays mean to you? For most of us, it means getting together for family gatherings, traveling, or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Friend, Carol Carol of the the Merles. But death really intrigues me, though. Like when my grandma passed away, well, right before, day or two before she passed away, she was laying in her in her hospice bed and she kept talking about all these family members that were coming to see her and then leave, but they were all passed away. Mm -hmm. She'd be like, Oh, so-and-so was here today. And and we talked about the time we were in Alberta in 1928 type thing. And then she's like, my parents came, my, my grandma came. It, I just wish I could investigate that. Like, what, what is happening in that process? Is that spirits coming to say it's time to go? Or is it hallucinations? We don't know. What do you think, Dave? I don't know. I, I know that I've seen that happen before. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen before. Hey, Chico, how you doing, buddy? Glad to have you back. It's been a while. Little Marky Spender's in the chat room. Hey, Marky Spender, what's it like working at minus 39 degrees Celsius right now? 
Yeah, take that. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. Did I dim the lights a little bit? Is this too much? Oh, you are romantic. Try to get into. You I'll are try to get into spooky time for you. Make sure I got. Uh, I do have a couple questions here from our audience. Uh, let me yep. f- let me find. Uh, where is it here? Lara, I'm trying to find your question here. There it is. Never mind. Found it. Found it. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the comments that I've been seeing go through here, even though I can't uh, acknowledge each and every one of you. Thank you so much for the kind words of support and, and dealing with my blathering tonight. Oh, it's all good, my man. It's all good. I think it's been fantastic. Really has. I am very proud to say that we are about three and a half days from Christmas here. And so far, I have dodged Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. I haven't heard it once this year. I'm very proud of that. Very proud of that. And due to YouTube, we can't even play it here, which is perfect. It's perfect. And uh big thank you to our super chatters tonight, NorCal, Simon Times Two, Deb, Matrum, Susie, Jake, Lara, Aunt Edna, and Monica. Very much appreciate the love. Here we go, everyone. past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, it's Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man, Merle, from Paranormal Road Trippers, is here. All he wants for Christmas is Merle. That's right. That's right. Dave Schrader as well is here from Paranormal 60. Gentlemen, thank you so much. We're going to go right to some audience questions here. And let's get to underscore Maddie. Have you ever heard your own voice calling you from another room? He says, that's one of the creepiest things I've experienced. Yes. Um, I believe you're just dealing with time slip phenomena from time to time. And it may be your voice calling out and it's either, you know, people think of, of a haunting linearly. They think of, okay, now we're existing. So whatever we hear must be from the past. When I think we may be dealing with the future as well, it could be all living simultaneously and maybe underscore Matt uh, or underscore Maddie is just hearing himself in a different era 
that's the voice you're you're in that area why wouldn't you and you're tuned in to you more than anybody so why wouldn't you have those experiences merle have you ever heard that i actually experienced that this past year we were at a historic house and um sandra the other half of me and the road rippers she's like did you just call my name i'm like no but i heard that too in the tone of me and it was it was creepy because it came out of nowhere. Wasn't that the name of your album, Merle? Me in the tone of me. Absolutely was. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's being re-released. It's kind of a it's kind of a techno pop early rap album, if I remember correctly. It is very strong. I have not experienced that. My my friend Mike uh, has though while he was hunting in the forest. And uh, Merle, you've been into that area. Uh, where he was hunting out behind uh, where we go towards our Sasquatch area. And he was hunting along uh, uh, just on this path that goes into a gravel pit. And he didn't hear his own voice, but he got about two-thirds of the way down the path heading towards his vehicle. And he all of a sudden hears my voice in the middle of the forest trees saying, help me, I'm in here, help me, come help me. Mike, come help me. And I'm getting ready for the show. I'm 20 minutes away in my radio studio. But he swears to this day that my voice was calling him into the trees. I think that's one of those David Politis type of things where if he would have went in, I don't think we would have ever seen him again. I really don't. That's probably the fae folk, the fairies, the pukas, the... Yeah, the imps that are trying to call you out. They get you in and pull you through, and then you're a part of their world. Yeah. We have a lot of little people around here, uh, according to our First Nations friends uh, around here. Okay. There's a lot of, there is a lot of little people around here. Um, and in that area, there's only little people and, and Sasquatch for cryptids in that area, along with uh, some spirits. But um, I had the coolest... Uh, spirit uh, activity this year my my buddy Paul and I we went out and I was at this same gravel pit and I'm up on the on the logging road and I brought out my my blessed First Nations drum that I have and I started banging away on it you know gently and Dave God is my witness I had this spirit come into me and start talking to me and said thank you so much for the drumming I I really love hearing that but you're not going to see anything here tonight. He goes, if you go to this other area and he showed me a picture of where to go, he goes, you're going to see something there. So I took the chance. My buddy Paul and I hop back in my Jeep. We drive the 15 minutes to get to this other spot. And I had been putting out the premise, the, the, the intention this year. I wanted to see Starlink. Hadn't seen Starlink yet. And it's a beautiful, clear night. It's a warm spring night. And we pull into this spot. And we look to the right of us, to the east. The entire sky, including right over top of us, is the northern lights. We look to the Mm. west. And here comes Starlink coming right through. So that spirit gave us a gift back, man. Gave us a gift back. That was really, really cool. Let's get to another question here. This one from Lara. 
Mr. Schrader, what is the funniest mm-hmm. thing you've ever experienced while investigating the paranormal? And not Shane Pittman. <laughs> um, you know, I've had so many fun moments where something is done. I, you know, I took my kids, they like to ghost hunt and they go with me and we go to locations and it's really cute because they do listen for kids that don't listen to me about most things. They do respect spirits. And, and we went in, we were investigating the Palmer house hotel in Sauk center, Minnesota. And my daughter and I uh, had set up some equipment in this Lucy's room, hoping to communicate with Lucy. And she was not talking. She was not making herself known at all. And, uh, but a male voice came through and my daughter gives me this look and I go, Raymond, is that you? If you want us to leave, you just have to say leave. And within a second, a voice comes through the spirit box, leave. And my daughter looks at me and she just starts gathering up her stuff and walks out the door. And I go, where are you going? She goes, it told us to leave dad. It's time to leave. (laughs) And I'm like, but this is when it starts getting good. She goes, no, we've got to respect the spirits dad. When it tells us to leave, let's just leave because maybe something bad is coming and he's trying to get us out of here. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, let's do that. Right. May I, uh, suddenly she's the the level-headed thinking one and I'm the idiot in the horror movie. And oh, this sounds like a good time to stay a little longer. Right. Let me just bend down and look under the bed. Uh, I might as well have just signed my own death warrant. Uh, but she talked about it. So I just, I always have fun with my kids when they do that stuff, but the reactions, um, and then doing an investigation, I, um, had just gotten my Panasonic DR 60. And it's the kind of holy realm of, of recorders. And I'd read everything about it and I knew all the supposed flaws. So I get it in this hotel. It's a brand new hotel, like less than a year old, no death, nothing negative has happened there. I break out the recorder and I'm talking and, and I said, uh, I had asked a couple questions when I played it back. It said, hi, Dave. And I'm like, get out of here. So I call Shane Pittman. I'm like, Shane, get down here. So he comes into my room. I play the recording for him and he's like, get out of here. I want proof. Do it again. I want you to do it again. So I'm like, all right. So I start talking, play back the recording, and I'm not getting any response, not getting any response. And I'm like, can you say my name? Say Dave. And then all of a sudden there's this pause, and then you just hear this. (laughs) So this kind of sinister laugh, and Shane's like, oh, man, I'm glad this ain't my room. And he darts out. (laughs) So I'm telling my daughter, and I play the EVP for and we're doing this. We're having a FaceTime and I'm holding the recorder. She goes, can we, can we try to do an EVP session right now? I'm like, yeah. So I'm holding the recorder out and I start asking questions and playing it back and there's nothing there. And I'm like, maybe you should try asking the question. She goes, okay. It's real brave for a second. And then I turn on the recorder and she's like, uh, dad, I don't know what to ask. Uh, are you a man or something like that? So when I play back the recording, you hear go okay dad i don't know what to ask and then there's that pause and you hear this little voice go a question and just i thought it was great that the ghost is like ask a question (laughs) right it's just anything talk to me and it was just so sweet and her reaction was so big and beautiful and excited and i just love that moment so that to me was one of the funnier moments um i i I don't know if uh, lara's trying to get me to tell a specific story. I need you a little bit more specific on what you're looking for with Shane. I would have said probably the time I accidentally farted during the investigation and did not own up to it. 
uh, and they thought that something evil had just made its presence known. Oh, it had, but it was coming from me. So love it. Cindy and Shane were Cindy and Shane are like, oh my god, whatever's down there's dead. It smells horrible. Oh my god, it's all oh, oh, it's horrible. And I'm trying to stay calm and cool and collected. I'm like, hmm, it's interesting. And our camera guys were laughing so hard that they couldn't use the footage because uh, we, we were laughing so hard. But I'd love to find that that full clip because it's 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 just a great little moment. And uh, that made me when we got out and I went up to Shane. I'm like, I farted. And he goes, oh, my God, you must be sick. That was horrible. That that filled the entire room. And uh, he goes, oh, we got to tell Cindy. I'm like, no, we don't got to tell Cindy. <laughs> Let's just leave Cindy alone on this one. So that would be truly one of the funniest moments I've had while investigating. That is awesome. One of my favorites was watching Merle and my buddy Mark uh, convince us after we got uh, chased down a path by two Sasquatch on on darting out of the area i'm like come on guys let's stay i'm pulling a schrader let's stay you know let's see what this is about no 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 we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go merle's a sprinter he, he's definitely not a marathoner but he's a sprinter when uh <laughs> danger is around well that one got what 15 feet from you it was creepy man so surreal yeah yeah that was weird that was so so weird let's get to another question here and this one comes from Deb from Sac. I'm going to assume that's Sacramento. <coughs> Mr. Schrader, what is your favorite Christmas song? Mm-mm, it's so hard. You know, I really love, as schmaltzy as it is, tied for first place are three songs. Um, the John Lennon Christmas song, right? Uh, War is over. Um, I love the Do They Know It's Christmas, the original version from the 80s, Band-Aid. It's just so schmaltzy and campy. I just love it. And I think Frank Sinatra's Jingle Bells is is my favorite on top of that. Uh, I've, I've got others. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas and love the music of the time. Um, I will tell you my least favorite song is Stevie Nicks' Silent Night. It sounds like somebody's squeezing a goat. <laughs> it's the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Every Stevie, I Nicks feel bad song for is, Stevie Nicks. Every Stevie, oh Nicks no, song no, no! Is thro- when is this show's over, goat out. Dave, when this show's over, treat yourself, and you will say, <laughs> "Oh, you're right." This is oh no, silent night. <laughs> it is. It's a oh, tragedy. No, uh, no oh, offense, oh, Miss Nicks. Not everything's a home run. Sometimes we take a swing and a miss, and. uh your version of Silent Night is definitely a whiffer. <laughs> I think South Park got it right when they went to find the goat in in Afghanistan <laughs> and they were looking for Stevie Nicks and they found the goat instead and they couldn't tell the difference. I thought that was perfect. I really did. I didn't ever see that, but uh, I feel bad. You know, my daughter goes, Dad, Stevie Nicks is a witch and she's into the paranormal. What happens if she finds one of your shows and she's like, I really like the show. And then she hears you going, silent night. Dad, that's just horrible. So you know what? I stopped picking on her on my show. (laughs) Thanks for letting me do it on your show, Dave Scott. I'll take that chance. I'll take that chance. All right. Let's go over to Mama Palooza. First time in our chat room. Have you ever investigated end of life visions? They have been documented across all cultures and religions. 
yeah, I've, I've talked to many people when my mom was passing and I was in the, uh, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to this point, but it's one of the only times I've been in a hospice care center. I, I was talking to the staff and, uh, you know, I said, me, my mom told you what I do. And they're like, yeah, I go, you guys ever have experiences here? They're like, yeah. And there's a thing called a shared, uh, near death experience where, Merle and I are sitting there by the side of mom's bed as she passes. And we see the people that are coming to visit her as well. Um, that's rare, but it happens. And that's positively amazing to me. That really, again, shows that kind of energetic connection we all share. Uh, and it really removes the doubt that this is taking place when all three of you are having this. And I, I'm not one that believes in mass hallucinations, maybe mass misrepresentations or mass interpretations, but I don't believe that, that those things are wrong. And so many people, as you said earlier, Merle, people come to visit and make their presence known. And I think that's to ease the, the, the trouble. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of those strange stories and, and, uh, the, the hospice care workers had some funny stories, some heartbreaking stories and just plain out weird ass stories where they would, uh, see the little woman walking in the hall, kind of looking sheepish and, they start following her and she ducks around the corner trying to trot back to her room quickly and they get in the room like within a second of her entering the door and she's on the bed gone. Um, you know, so, so they've had these sightings and, and things as well. So I think it's fascinating. Uh, and it is cool that so many people from all around the world and people that don't even know that these kind of things exist have had these stories. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. And let's go to uh, another question here. This one comes from mm-hmm. Candy. Any scary stories with pets? My dog sometimes senses something and starts barking nonstop for no reason. Well, it's funny she brings that up. Or, or yeah, Candy, I'm guessing, as a woman. Uh, she brings it up because all of a sudden my cat is walking around the house. He speaks. And uh, he says, like, two words. He says, Hello? Hello? As he's walking around looking for somebody to pet him. Uh, and sometimes he'll say mom when he is looking for my wife, Winnie. So uh, that's that's unnerving. I had a cat we'd, we'd saved from a shelter. And they say, start him off in a small room and uh, put the cat in a small room. I had fallen in love with this dopey-ass cat and put her in a small room. And we were all in the rest of the house. And all of a sudden, the door would rattle. And then I'd hear, let me out. Let me out. And I'm like, is that cat? Talking? And we me out at, over and over again. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Um, but there's yeah, I have some great stories that I've I've heard through the years. There was a guy that was uh um sleeping and his dog woke him up, uh realized there's a fire, there's smoke coming in the room. The dog let him out of the house, and it wasn't until he got outside and kind of you know got help and everything that he realized his dog's been dead over a year. But that dog showed up and dragged him out of that house and woke him up barking in his face to get him out of bed. And, man, that's not scary so much as it is just powerful and, and really a cool connection and shows you just how connected we are to our animals and the animals are to us as oh, well. Yeah. My dog, Zero, when she passed away, she was like, uh, she went full Mama Cass eating a hot dog. And, <laughs> and just, I mean, Merle, you remember Zero. Good little dog. I do. She was a Chihuahua yep. Dachshund cross. Anyways, um, the first night that she was gone, 
I, I came in, I did the show, and I leave the studio. I go back upstairs, crawl into bed, and I had to ask her to move because I couldn't. <laughs> I saw the bulge in the bed, and I couldn't get my blanket up because it was tucked under her. So I said, Zero, please move, forgetting that earlier that day she had passed away. And at that mm-hmm. moment, I saw the blanket shift, kind of like she was standing up, and then everything just kind of slowly melted down, and she was gone. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. That was kind of cool. Yeah, one, one of the best EVPs I ever got, uh, well, well, funniest, it were pigs. I was in a old pioneer town, and I guess I walked. I was just walking around with my audio recorder, and I passed by the butcher shop. And I guess when I was checking my audio later, not on a different date, I I said, "Oh, I'm passing the old butcher shop or whatever," and all I hear is oinking. There's an abandoned town. There's no one there. Clear as clear as a bell, pigs. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I was in a gift shop in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, this place was haunted. They'd seen this woman would come into the store. She'd walk to the back of the store. They'd follow her back there to see if she needed any help, and she would be gone. And the, as the guy's telling me about that, we're standing there, and I've got my audio recorder going, and he's telling us the stories of the strange ghosts. And all of a sudden, this overwhelming smell of dog urine just hits us like a wall. I'm like, wow. Do you have a dog you need to let out? And the guy just gets this shocked expression. He goes, well, what do you mean? And I go, it smells like you just had a dog pee in here somewhere. It's brutal. And he goes, you're standing right in front of the table. My dog used to sleep underneath that table, and we just lost her this year. Huh. And I go, do you smell that? And the other investigator smelled it. The guy that owned it didn't. And I'm like, it smells like it's fresh urine. There's, she's been gone over a year. I play back my recorder. You hear him telling us a story, telling us a, and then all of a sudden you start hearing. As he's talking about the dog and how much he loved the dog and missed the dog the whole time. Like I'm still here. I'm still right here with you. It was so sweet. And when I played it back, he got choked up. It was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. 
That's one thing as a paranormal investigator that I'd like to investigate or look into more is animal spirits and animals. And because, like, with my job, I see a lot of death and I see a lot of death animals and people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some weird things afterwards too, just Mm -hmm. sensing sounds and visuals. I just, that needs to be explored more, in my opinion. Yeah. It's very interesting. Why wouldn't animals, they, they love us and are loyal to us in life. Why wouldn't they want to hang around with us for a little bit afterwards? I think they do it for us to help us let go a little bit. My mom, after our dog Walker passed away, she would, my mom and dad both would feel her hop up on the bed and she, she always had that labored breathing. So the bed always kind of gently rocked <coughs> and they would feel that for a couple of months after she passed away. And that was finally when they were like, you can go Walker. It's okay. Thank you. And she stopped showing up. So I think, yeah, I think they stay. They know we can't take it without them either for a while. So losing your, your fur friend is, is as impactful, sometimes more impactful than losing a human. Very yeah. true. Very true. And I would totally agree with that. Gentlemen, we're down to our final two minutes. David, it would be remiss if I didn't ask, do you have a quick spooky Christmas story or something strange that happened around Christmas regarding your radio show or, or television? Uh, regarding those shows, no. But I did have a really interesting experience uh, about 24 years ago, 25 years ago. had bought a new Basset Hound puppy and brought it home with me. Um, it was got locked out of our house that night. It was a brutally cold night. Uh, I couldn't find my keys. They had broken, so my regular set of keys were gone off of my car key set. So I left my son and the new puppy with my friend, and I, I said, I'm going to go bust in through the garage window. And I went down, and I grabbed the uh, rock, and I smashed it in the window, and it would not break. So I looked up. I go, all right, God, if you have a better plan, I'm listening. And I touched the window, and it swung open. So I <laughs> crawled in the house, went upstairs, let them in. The dog has to go to the bathroom. I set him out on the deck while I change my son's diaper. I start hearing screaming. The dog had fallen off the porch. Two stories, boom, to the ice-cold rock underneath. Uh, this dog was bent backwards like a sea, screaming, screaming. My heart was broken. I wrapped it in a blanket or in a towel. Uh, my buddy called the emergency vet to tell him we were on our way. I had this puppy in my lap, and I just thought, God, don't let this puppy suffer. Just if it's going to die, please just take it. Don't don't let it suffer. And then dog just went quiet in my arms and was gone. I got to the vet clinic and I set the towel on the counter and we all stood there and looked at it. There was no movement. And all of a sudden it started to stir. And she peeled back the, the towel and, and the puppy sat up. So they rushed it in the back. They did some tests. They took some x-rays. And as I'm talking to the tech, I go, I don't know how I'm going to afford this. I just spent all the money I had on this dog for the family. They come back, bring me a beautiful, healthy puppy. The vet says to me, I don't know what you did, but I didn't do anything to help this dog, so I can't charge you tonight. Merry Christmas. And I went on my way. So that was a cool set of of Christmas miracles. So not necessarily spooky. I'm sorry I didn't bring the creep factor tonight, but hopefully I gave your listeners something to ponder. That was excellent. Dave, thank you so much. We encourage all of our listeners, both on radio and and on YouTube to make sure they go subscribe to your channel, Paranormal 60. Merle, it's been great for 2022, my friend. And uh, thank you. We'll see you back in January. Hour 2, Spaced Out Radio wraps up with the end of Ghosts of Great White North. Coming up next in Hour 3, we head to the Swamp. Then our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, will be here for the UFO Report. 
We'll be back with the third hour of Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. Great show, boys. Great show. Thank you. Merle, sorry I talked so much. I feel bad. I didn't even give you a chance to share much tonight. No, he, uh, that's, he met his quota. That was for you. Yeah. He met his quota. Dude, Thank you, boys. It was a special night. I doubled my quota just for you. Wow. I said I 26 it. words. Not nice. 13. Yes. It was a good night. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you to all your listeners. Uh, all of your followers, thank you guys for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, and come do me a favor. Come on and check out the Paranormal 60 this Friday. It's on YouTube just like this, and it's our 100th episode. So I, Wonderful. You know, we're on earlier, 9 to 10 Central, uh, 10 to 11 uh, Eastern time. So if people get a chance, pop on to the Paranormal 60. Dave, peace, love, and and monkeys, man. We'll see you soon, okay? And Merle, good to see you again. Take care. Dave, uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, Winnie and your family, and God bless all the best to you guys in entering 2023 as well. And let us give thanks to the Bart L. above. Good night, Bart, wherever you may be. Good night, Bart. Bye, Bart. Good night, Dave. Merle, good one. Good one. Strong show. Strong show, buddy. Strong show. You look masculine after that one. You look masculine after that one. Yeah. Feeling good. Good job. Feeling good. good. We'll let you go, buddy. All right. Unless you want to stick around for hour three. That's up to you. Oh, bedtime. Got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear you. All right, bud. Take care. All right. That's Merle. All I want for Christmas is Merle. I'll be right back, and then uh, we'll get uh, Swamp Dweller fired up.
Great show. Thank you all for tuning in. All right. Warm up my feet a little bit here. Big thank you tonight to NorCal, Simon Times 2, Deb, Matrim, Susie, Jake, Lara, and Edna, Monica, Steve, and Surfjare for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for the love, guys. We got one minute to go here. And uh, the reason why my hair is messy is literally I worked uh, today, had to do a little bit outside. It was minus 38 Celsius today. So I was cold. Then I had to go to a hockey arena where it was cold. So I came home and I hopped in a hot shower before I hopped right into the studio. And yeah, warmed it up, warmed it up. But it's uh, it's a good night, everyone. It's a very good night. And uh, I hope you're having a great night, too. Don't forget, info at spacedoutradio.com. That's info at spacedoutradio.com. If you're coming to our Vegas party, please let us know. I'll type it into the chat room, info at spacedoutradio.com. Let us know if you're coming or if you're coming as a VIP. We'd appreciate it. And uh, we'll get you more information here soon. Here we go with hour three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Mandamus. Mandamus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. This takes place in New York, not the city, I'm from upstate. There are lots of woods for being a state with a vast city. My story starts with me going to my grandma's property. She owns about a hundred acres of wooded and cropped land. It was a sunny and pleasant day. Not too cold and not too hot. The perfect day to go metal detecting. 
I wandered like I always do in the woods, just trying to find some buried treasure. The only prize I found this day were some nails and a horseshoe. I never saw anything unsettling, and only had a few weird or scary occurrences on this plot of land in general, so I didn't think I was in danger until the telltale sign showed. Suddenly, I had noticed that the woods around me had gone silent. I could only hear the goons, podcasts, and my footsteps, so I turned off my phone, looked around, and listened to the very fast rustling in the trees and leaves on the ground. I did get a bit scared, but I was in the woods. It could be anything. I picked up my shovel, which is a military shovel. The creature is still zooming by and around me until it blindsided me and took a piece of my leg out. But I also got a good hit on whatever this was, my crash sent this thing scurrying to the ground, and once it gathered itself, it looked at me with big red eyes, and then to my horror, it stood on two legs. Right now, I'm scared out of my wits. I'm going to try to describe this monster the best I can. It was maybe around five feet tall, maybe even only four foot nine. It had large eyes. It had right length arms and legs compared to its height, but was built like a bodybuilder. It closely resembled a buff lemur, just at a colossal size. It was covered head to toe in dark reddish-brown fur. It had claws on its legs and feet about two inches long. And what they did to my leg was sharp as hell. I've seen and learned a lot about cryptids and the works, but the only thing I can classify this creature was, was potentially a devil monkey. But I don't think they were even native to New York. It just stood there, sizing me up for some time, until it suddenly lunges at incredible speed toward me. I got lucky though, and put the shovel up to my head and blocked its attacks before it could take off my head. At this moment I realized this thing wasn't trying to scare me away. It was going for the kill. So I lunged at this creature and hit him over the head as hard as I can as my arms would let me. It seemingly put it down to the ground, and I didn't let up. I continued to bash it a few more times until I saw blood, and I began to run after this. I was trying to gather my thoughts and calm down a little, but I picked up the pace when I realized that the woods were still silent. I may not have killed this thing but I definitely injured it, and there could be more than one. I couldn't tell if I was hearing footsteps around me or what was happening, but I, I was just trying to chalk it up to paranoia. I kept running until I was out in the open field, and then the footsteps suddenly stopped. I could chill out for a second. I called my mom and dad to tell them where I was, and I was taken to a hospital. I've been back to the woods many times. I haven't heard or seen anything like this ever since, but I now carry a large knife, a hatchet, and a machete, since getting a gun in New York is like pulling teeth. Uh, we say thank you to the Swamp Dweller tonight for hanging on out with us and telling us another spooky story. Yeah, Swamp Dweller kicks off every hour three here on Spaced Out Radio Monday through Friday night, and we love it when the Swamp Dweller is here, spooking us on out. You can check him out for free if you want to hear more. Go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can listen to thousands of stories for free. From the swamp to the stars, let's head over to Tim Senor. The UFO Report is up next. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Little Timmy Senor joins us with the updates of what's going on around the UFO world as we get a little bit closer to Christmas. And it's always fun here when Tim is around because we bounce a lot of stories off each other. I think he actually really, I've kind of figured out Tim's game here. 
His entire job with this UFO report, I think, is to try and piss me off. I think that's the entire, entire part of what you're doing here. Is there any truth to this, Tim? I, 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 I have nothing to say to that. Um, I think that you just always see the other side of the coin of whatever I'm showing somehow. Um, and you know, I do have my argument, which whatever that is. And so, yeah, maybe I do rub you the wrong way. Sometimes, uh, you know, they like it when I'm mean to Dave. Apparently. What can I say? Apparently. Yeah. You know, let's go through this and, and we'll go through it again next week a little bit more, but just off the top of your head in 2022, what is Tim Senor's favorite UFO story of the year? I'm going to put you on Ooh. the spot there for a second. Um, I think the racetrack UFOs were pretty, pretty good. Um, I'm a, you know, a massive fan of independent sourced information. So none, nothing I pick is ever going to be, you know, a government announcement on a case. So I think I liked that because we got to see Ben Hansen, mo you know, moving moment to moment with that case. It was pretty fun to watch it unfold. Not all of it is explained yet. So I think that that's my favorite case of the year. Really? Uh, mine, I think, would be the fact uh, there's a couple that there haven't hasn't been a UFO report come out yet that we're still waiting. And I would say NASA is up there. But most importantly, I, I think the story that really, really turned the tides for me this year and it wasn't a sighting or anything like that, but it was the U.S. Navy coming out and saying, we're not going to give you any more goodies. No more videos. We're not going to comment on this. You, your hands are tied. We don't care if you're an elected official. We don't care if the American public is our bosses. We're just going to shut up and we're just going to, you know, do our own thing. You know? Yeah. I, I think that was a big one. And then, of course, I, I do have to give ourselves props here at Spaced Out Radio. When we had Member of Parliament Larry McGuire on the show to talk about Canada's involvement. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, it's Shirley Strawberry wishing you happy holidays this season. What do the holidays mean to you? For most of us, it means getting together for family gatherings, traveling, or shopping at the mall. For gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. 
Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In UFOs, this is a subject that is very, very close to my heart. And basically talking about the fact that, you know, we want he wants a... If he had his dream, he wants a all of the alphabet agencies in Canada to come together and put their UFO files and reports into one area, into one reporting system for public scientific usage. No threat narratives, public scientific usage. And I would say between all of those, it was it, that was probably my highlights of the UFO year this year. And we can discuss and debate them all night long. That is for sure. But you know what? You have to look back and and think, what what were some of the key players? Because we saw a lot going on this year, man. We did. And your top, you know, your top two are four letter agencies out of the U S you know, NASA, obviously and Navy, right? pretty big stuff. Um, I can't disagree with those as being massive. And, you know, the silence of the report, um, I think, is actually screaming information. And, you know, we had uh, Ramirez come out recently on Martin Willis and talk on his theories. And we've also seen Danny Sheehan talk on some of what he's doing behind the scenes. And, you know, we've heard other people talk, Chris, Christopher Sharp, on your show just the other night, in particular, about how he believes that witnesses have already revealed their information, potentially on a classified or unclassified level, behind closed doors, though. And, um, in, in, you know, that's a rumor and not a quote, but that is the belief that's gone on because we're seeing some very specific wordage in the request for certain years coming up in this legislation. So a lot of interesting stuff. You're right. Um, a lot of, I think we're starting to see, uh, you know, through the keyhole a little bit, you might be right, but uh, we'll see what 2023 has in store. I'm excited. I think we all should be too, man. I really do. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those things, Tim, that in the end, it's going to make for some very fascinating times on, you know, for the public, the public in general. And, you know, we need to be prepared for it. Our audience needs to be prepared for it. We need to be able to to uh, get ready for whatever comes out of the UFO world. And this is a story that I know some of our audience members are absolutely sick of. I also know that there are, this is a story that some are even glued to. And, but it, we're not doing our job as journalists, as 
people who are trying to get the story out by by just not talking about it. That's why, you know, we created the UFO report in order to try and and get these stories out. So that way, even though we may be talking paranormal like tonight or Sasquatch or consciousness or true crime, there's still a little bit out there in order to get the news out to keep people up to date with what's going on. And and I think that has been a real key to this the success of this. You're absolutely, you're totally right. Um, and it is a burgeoning topic. And so we need independent uh, sources in media like yourself in the podcast world and like Christopher Sharp out there writing for the Daily Mail and, and other uh, great uh, resources for people to go and check out. What I find very interesting, and you brought it up very briefly, is how the media has controlled this topic. Um, and in fact, it looks like the further we read more publicly on this, we realize that the public and witnesses are the people that actually hold all the answers. So waiting for the government to disclose anything is kind of retro intuitive, if you think about it, because really we need to be looking to ourselves for the information. We hold all the answers ourselves. And I think that the government even knows that. And so we need to be very careful how we source material um, moving forward. I'm excited to see new legislation in the United States. I love the fact that you were personally pivotal, you know, in the Canadian movement and the interest in transparency. And the fact that you came as a country into this really in the right way from a scientific point of view without labeling it really and just recognizing its potential. Uh, and I think it's going to be an interesting 2023, but it does kind of lead me a little bit into our first story that we can head into now or at some point. Yeah, let's get but, right, let's get right into it if you want. Sure. Uh, did you want to kick it off? What do you got for us tonight? Let me. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me no, I'll set you up. I always Please. set you up. You, know, you I, do. I know. I know. I'm a nice that way. Close encounters yeah. of the first kind. Multiple witnesses share extraordinary videos of possible UFO sightings in rural Wisconsin. Now, I believe this is a story that television investigator, former FBI investigator Ben Hansen has been working on. Absolutely correct. And the reason that I wanted to bring it up right off the bat um, having to do with the media is that I've really seen how the media potentially fumbled the ball on this and are always kind of a little bit slow on the uptake with the real truth behind any of these stories because they may be just getting their sources from or their information rather from one source rather than multiple sources. And so just moving forward today, I read, uh, let's see, different information from multiple sources, including, and I actually wrote them all down here, uh, very interesting, and I can't seem to find my notes, but there were, oh, here it is, both People, New York Post, Daily Mail, Bro Bible, Independ The Independent, Metro, The Sun, and The Mirror covered this today and yesterday as it was breaking, with the headline that... Um, that this was a UFO and it was very interesting. And it went into a lot of the details, including what I'm going to bring up here in, in, in formal, 
But the fact of the matter is, is it never highlighted the fact that <clears throat> it was potentially debunked right off the bat within actually hours of the breaking story. And so even though that was out there <clears throat> in the media for them to source, they ran with the UFO topic. So it spun a little bit out of control before it was able to be reeled back in potentially. And so did you want to comment before I kind of highlight the topic here? Uh, no, highlight them because I want our audience to, to know that to hear the full story, yeah, to hear the full story first. Okay. So multiple witnesses across rural Wisconsin shared extraordinary footage of strange lights shooting across the night skies on December 1st. The phenomena was filmed from different locations by several witnesses who ruled out searchlights on the ground as a possible explanation. Kimberly from West Bend told Daily Mail that she was driving at 1045 when she saw a white glowing object swoop down in front of her and light up in the sky. And a few hours later, in Howard, Andrea Lynn witnessed multicolored flashing, swooping, and circling, darting lights in and across the sky. And then the following day, about 35 miles away in Greensfield, teacher Chris Nowak said that his wife alerted him to a similar odd set of lights in the cloudy sky over Fox River. And so the strange lights shooting across rural Wisconsin skies this month were filmed by multiple witnesses, different nights, and stunning videos obtained by the Daily Mail. While having uh, a spooky multiple witnesses having this spooky up-close encounter. And so the footage from December 1st shows bright white light sipping across cloudy skies over the rolling farmland near West Bend, Fredonia, Wisconsin. And then moving at incredible speeds and appearing to come from above the thin cloud layer that night, the phenomenon was left leaving witnesses just in complete disbelief as they thought they had seen a true UFO display. And so this story came through with multiple sources and Daily Mail did obtain different videos from multiple sources. And so including uh, a former police officer and a financial service worker from Fredonia. And there is um, about a 35 mile north radius from, from Milwaukee here from where this was originally cited. And so... Moving forward here, we did initially get all these reports coming from people, and Ben Hansen was kind of taking them on the fly. And um, although he was pretty convinced that they had ruled out the fact that these could be searchlights or spotlights, we very quickly <clears throat> found out that none other than Mick West came very quickly with his rebuttal to what his belief was on this. And he did do his research and found that Flanders family's Christmas light show was taking place at the time of these events as they were recorded. And they even had video that absolutely matched all of the events that we're seeing in the sky, same cloud cover, same sequence of light movement. And so it seems like there's a pretty healthy debunk uh, or explanation coming from uh, maybe not such a favorite source, but potentially this is one of those stories that got a little out of our control before we were able to reel it in. Now, what are your thoughts? Well, I think we always got to be careful, you know, and it's very easy for anybody to get excited about something that's happening. 
And it also proves that we really need to make sure that the facts are in order before we go public with anything. I mean, those would be my two rules of caution when it comes to it. I mean, you know, look, this subject is so fickle at the best of times that when we get into those areas where, you know, somebody can put credence into debunking it or or to to uh, trying to prove it as a hoax or something, it just makes our field look bad. And I'm not saying this is the fault of Ben Hansen, or I'm not saying it's the fault of anybody else, but we do have to do better. You know, we can't get all excited over over dots or 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 things flying in the sky. You know, let's let's do our homework before we start um, start making uh, trying to make sense of things or coming Breaking to conclusions. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, that was my frustration that I saw it all across the board being reported on a UFO. And, you know, if it had just been one of those stories that hadn't been broken before, it had really been researched. I think that a lot of embarrassment that we're going to see in the next couple of days could have been avoided. Now, I say embarrassment simply because the com- the community embraced this and we took this on as a serious case. Well, I feel like it instead of making it public, this could have been researched and debunked perhaps um, or, you know, whatever before um, it was broken as a UFO, because I think that given the evidence, um, this probably wouldn't have gotten the same legs that it has, um, you know, since this was only realized, I think maybe days later by investigator Ben Hansen. So, it's just one of those things that I find frustrating that the media jumps on the UFO story, um, but doesn't jump on the possible analysis story. Like we won't, we probably won't hear the, uh, the end of this. I, I don't know if the daily mail will do uh, an exclusive explanation. I know they didn't expl- an exclusive as a UFO story. So um, that's that's my frustration, but that's also not just with this case. That's my frustration in the media in general, <clears throat> because I know sensationalism sells, and so this topic obviously is full of that information, and a lot of it's not provable. We can't really prove any of it. No, very true, and that's what we got to be careful for. We have Tim Senor until the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio with the UFO report. When we come back. The FAA confirms jellyfish in the sky. How weird is that? This is why we bring Tim in to break it all down. The UFO report continues on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. So it's getting colder there, isn't it? Negative 38 Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. Chilly. Chilly, my friend. Chilly. Even the Bigfoot are just hibernating. Nobody likes be. this. Nobody likes this. Nobody do you, likes what this. Are, do you still have uh, wildlife going on in temperatures like this, um, or are they just no. hunkered down? They hunker down... 
to get uh they go into the Pinsers. trees. They go into the trees mm-hmm. and then they huddle up. And that's how they stay warm. Uh well the bears are all hibernating. The right. foxes will be in their dens. The cats will be in their dens. So like the minute the minute it hits about minus 25 that's when you see the deer disappear. The deer are usually the, the deer are usually the last to go. Okay. <clears throat> but the minute it warms up, like next here's the funny part. Next week we're supposed to be up into the plus temperatures. Huh. Isn't that interesting? It, yeah. And it's so it was winter solstice this past week, right? Well, I think. tonight. Tonight. Is it is it tonight? Yeah. Oh, cool. Fancy that. Have you seen Northern Lights? Uh, not not recently. No, not this year. Uh, I've seen them this year. I've seen them this year. Oh, oh that's cool. BS. It's not minus 27 out. It's colder than that. Oh, that's Fahrenheit. Sorry. Minus 33 Celsius right now. That's... Brutal. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow it says we're supposed to get uh, warm up to minus 21. And Friday we're supposed to warm up to T-shirt weather at minus 10. Saturday will be T-shirts. and No, Friday will be hoodie weather. Saturday and Sunday uh, right through next Wednesday will be T-shirt weather. Oh, yeah. Warm enough to go play some hockey outside. That's for sure. But we get snow Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We need more snow. That's fun. We need more snow. Grandizer, how you doing? We probably need uh, uh, about three, four feet more snow. Five feet of snow. Mike Bothwell, how you doing? Rano Er. He did, did you get anything from the chat today in your PO box? My PO box? Um I have to just go check the mail. I'll go check tomorrow. Yeah, please do. Yeah. It's there. I know. It's it there. It's furry. And it's trying to escape. I know, I know. I got a phone call from the uh from the post office the other day that there's something in there for my son, and we haven't picked it up yet. They're like, you better hurry up or we're shipping it back. It's like, fuck. I'll get there. Get to the, it's so cold. It's not going to get – well, it might get warmer, but just get your reindeer. I know. Tie them to your sleigh and get on over there. I know. Get your snowshoes and – You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like, man. I grew up in upstate New York. We we would get lake effect snow. We'd wake up to six feet of snow. Surprise, surprise. And I know it's not the same thing, but that's a wet, um, that wet that's wet snow. Wet snow. Is it horrible. was crazy fun. Uh, yeah, it was so much fun growing up there. I was a skier, so we would pray for snow. Yeah, no kidding. I, w- I wish I could ski still. My knees have just had it though. Yeah. Skiing is amazing. I love so skiing. much fun. 
I want to go this year. I, I've never I, snowboarded. I need to go this year. Are you a snowboarder or a skier? I'm terrible at snowboarding. I've tried it plenty of times, and I always end up just frustrated. I grew up uh, on planks, you know, facing forward. I'm going to yep. stay that way. Um, but I did. I tried the very first board. It was made of wood. It was made by Burton. And there was actually a rope on the nose of it. And you were supposed to hold, pull your, the nose of that thing up. I had one of those. And then I, they tried all different things. There was even a, a version where you s- strapped your feet in and you'd lean a certain way. Yeah. And the board had edges. It was yeah. all these weird versions. But yeah, no, I'm a skier. All right. We got like eight seconds. Then we're going to go here. All right. Hold on, buddy. We're round to third. We're heading for home tonight on Space Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with the UFO report. Little Timmy Sheenor, our resident Timbit, is back to give us the update of what's going on about jellyfish somewhere in central U.S. What's going on here, man? Yeah. Yeah. FAA confirms jellyfish-like large unknown object over in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on October 7th of this past year, 2022. And so the Black Vault received word of this incident by someone who wishes to remain anonymous, but had access to the FAA database that listed the report. And it was sent to the Black Vault just this mid-November of 2022. And so the text that I'm going to relate here uh, is all related to the incident and it was sent via email to the black vault did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal driving high will get you a dui and if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high well everyone else can friends i can tell you drove high parents i can tell when you drive high relatives i can tell you drove here high didn't you so what makes you think law enforcement can't i can tell If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, it's Shirley Strawberry wishing you happy holidays this season. What do the holidays mean to you? For most of us, it means getting together for family gatherings, traveling, or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. 
Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So it starts out um, between the tower that started this sighting and um, other attendees in the chat here. So it starts out with the lacrosse tower reported that they had a target five miles south of lacrosse and the object was described as a large and at low level with alternating red, blue, and green lights. And ATC also reported that they could not tell if it was a UAS, uh, but were getting strong primary returns. And they also stated that drones generally don't register as a primary target. So the the ZMP sector that showed the primary return reported it was a strong return with crosses on the screen, quote, all over the place. And so the aircraft that was reporting on the unidentified phenomenon uh, was at uh, 1,500 feet, and the unknown object was observed uh, and described as having flashing green, red, and blue lights and appeared to look, quote, like a jellyfish. And the phenomenon was traveling westbound, and the ZMP observed a primary target on radar in that area. So no aircraft observations whatsoever. And so when later queried, the ZMP reported no additional observations on radar. Dave, did you want to jump in here? Oh, I I love stories like this. I really do, because I think it's so exciting you know, when we get these strange reports, you know, I mean, jellyfish, come on. And it's massive. Yeah. Massive enough to get these radar hits. And sadly, although the ATC recordings have a retention schedule of 45 days before they are destroyed, it was noted in the FAA response that the records were no longer available. But the, bl- the Black Vault has not done a formal investigation of the incident yet, but rather will be and is also looking to set up an archive to get some more confirmed information. But we do have the air traffic mandatory occurrence report and a lot of radar information. And then, of course, the report from Aviator. So, yeah, this is a great case. It's exciting. And anytime the FAA confirms something like this, that's record. And so this will be one of those cases that eventually gets talked about in Congress, um, hopefully this year, you know, because this sounds like a good one. Oh, I think it does sound like a good one. And I hope it to be true. I, I really do hope it, it, it to be true because, you know, my friend, these are the kind of things like even going back to the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where we would see strange looking craft. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that really set the, the tale for, you know, outside of the whole flying saucer fiasco. I mean, you look at what yeah. people have have uh, allegedly seen in the skies, black triangles, pyramids, squares, rectangles, you know, objects that are all lit up like cigars, uh, dumbbells, jellyfish, orbs, you name it. I mean, these craft shouldn't. If, if they're appearing like this, they really shouldn't be flying under today's physics. And yet, right. and yet here they are, 
you know, traveling around with with some most of them, if not all of them, with zero sound and and strange movement where they can, you know, shoot up into the sky hundreds of miles and come right back down like they're in a hot air balloon, but without the the slowness of coming back down to Earth. I mean, this is what intrigues me is these types of stories because, look, it could be a kite. It could be a weather balloon. Okay, we're going to have to find out more information. But the strangeness that people are seeing in the sky when they look up, that's the fun part of this, man, just like this story. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. Plus, um, you know, it expresses the possibility that this isn't necessarily a craft, but maybe a large entity or maybe some of the craft that we are seeing, seeing are living organisms. Who knows, right? But when you hear a description like this, you know, it offers up the potential that maybe we're seeing a biological organism here in description. And it's just on a scale that we as humans aren't used to. And so when I hear of stories like this of something massive and that potentially has a life or seems to have its own consciousness, you know, as a jellyfish description kind of assumes, that's interesting to me. I love this case and I love the possibilities of it. No, I, I do too. And I, and I hope it's real. I really do hope it's real, man. And, right. you know, I don't know. I just... Stories like this, I know I just said it, but it excites me. I love it when people see these strange type of craft that are out there. Yeah. And, what and it's not it just lights. It's not just lights in the sky. It's something very different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to bend the imagination to believe it could be true. Right. And we perceive things on just our human scale. Right. But who knows on what level and what scale we're being visited? You know, if we're being visited, what scale is that potentially on? You know, and are we the lowest on the food chain or the highest on the food chain? Who knows? Right. And so that's a pretty somber thought. If you want to think about that, if this thing's just like plucking, you know, things that look tasty and mm, this one's good, but. No, I'll put that back. Maybe it's like a box of chocolates, and this thing is just taking little nibbles to see if it's got nuts or not. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know, I mean, we just, you know, I, we just got to uh, make sure that we can, you know, keep our wits, make sure we, we go through the full skepticism and in uh, trying to, to prove or disprove what it is, you know, and, and be sure that we get the right context to what, what it's all about. Let's get to your final story here. All right. And that is search for intelligent life with gravitational wave observations. What is going on here? Interesting stuff uh, happening from the advanced propulsion laboratory. And so they're using new ways to look for intelligent life in space. And in a new result, they have demonstrated that a laser interferometer gravitational wave observatory observatory is a powerful instrument in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And so the LIGO has an ability to detect gravitational waves. 
and form colliding black holes that open doors to detecting rapid and or massive accelerating spacecraft or ramacraft as they're calling it uh and i find this very interesting so we'll dive a little deeper into this uh article which describes this new uh bit of information so while prior radio searches have only probed 10000s of nearby stars of for such extraterrestrial activity the new ligo system can probe all 10 to the 11th power of stars in the milky way galaxy for a warp drive like object and the results will allow existing gw observatories like ligo virga and cargra to search for evidence of the rama craft that they're looking for and they can do it right away by turning these observatories into the first ever rama craft detection and ranging devices so trying to collaborate a few existing radio telescopes to look into future observ- observatories like the existing ones that are looking at the big bang observer um will be 100 times more sensitive than the LIGO in detecting ramacraft so expanding the search and the volume of ramadar by a million fold this new frontier will allow us to probe thousands of galaxies for advanced technology so the tech is already out there it's just considering and reconsidering how to focus it and so dave it's kind of what we've been saying is that we have the ability but we just need to address a few little broken pieces sometimes it's a person that's involved in the tech that's standing in the way of its advancement but sometimes it's just a mere collaboration between these big programs to find some answers and that's like what we're looking at here with the advanced propulsion laboratory putting this concept together you know i'm excited how do you feel about it well i i want to be excited i i really do my concern is is this going to be another seti program where they find a whole lot of nothing after 40 years you know and and i don't want it to be that way you know i want it i want i want a legitimate search tim I want to feel that search. I want to I want to smell that search. You know, I want to know what kind of deodorant that search is is wearing because all we got were stink bombs from SETI, which is part of NASA by the way. And we all know where NASA sits on this topic, which is absolutely nowhere, right? But I do want this to happen. I do think it's good that we are looking into the stars to look for something that could be out there, whether it's close by in our own solar system or whether it's in another galaxy. I, I think that our search... You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, it's Shirley Strawberry wishing you happy holidays this season. What do the holidays mean to you? For most of us, it means getting together for family gatherings, traveling, or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. 
Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. For extraterrestrial life out there is very important to our own survival as a planet and as a species. And the sooner we find it, I hope... I hope that it would help us advance into whatever our great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren are going to be able to do on this planet. And hopefully it's for the better. You know, maybe it is after we colonize the moon. Maybe it is after we colonize Mars, where we could get a little bit deeper into outer space. I don't know. But I do know that we should be vigilant And we should be looking for those signals or those light rays or gamma rays or laser technology or whatever it may be to really, really try and enhance the study. Because, look, these types of studies may lead us to find out that these extraterrestrial species are actually closer than they appear. Okay? Yeah. And it may all of a sudden lead us to know, okay, if that's where they are, let's go say hello. If they could get there, they could probably travel here already. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think this is exciting. And let me kind of give you an explanation of what this is in particular trying to do. Because I am very interested in results that this will yield. Because what they're saying, they're proposing is that they're going to look at disturbances in our gravity with a gravitational wave detector. And the thought is that perhaps ET tech uses gravity in one way or another, interacts with our gravity, and we would be able to detect that interaction with this detector. There would be a disturbance in the normal gravitational waves. And not only that... We should be able to detect, detect, excuse me, to detect it thousands and thousands of miles away. Um, the same way um, a sound wave works, where it doesn't diminish. You're, you're still going to get it eventually. Um, and so it's really very interesting science. And based on that, it's, it's basically an ET detector if you want to consider that, or a device, you know, the ET device detector. Um, I think it's very interesting if it's successful. Does that change your thoughts on the possibilities of this program? It all depends if they get infiltrated. That's what it comes down to. Will this Ooh, study... You are a suspicious guy. Well, I it, love how you think. But it's not about being suspicious, Tim. It's about showing what has happened previously. Right. You are so right. You are so right, because that has happened with every program we've seen thus. And they haven't named um, any names 
in here unless you look into who's involved with the advanced propulsion laboratory but you're you bring up a great point so please continue i'm sorry yeah, to interrupt. I, no no thank you for for supporting that i appreciate that but i mean we have to look at who is serving this because right now the scientists and the people involved are not serving this for the betterment of humanity in my opinion Okay, it is for their own good. Avi Loeb wants a Nobel Prize. Okay, he's made no bones about that. He thinks this could win himself a Nobel Prize and a nice couple million dollar paycheck that goes along with that. We know the U.S. government doesn't want this coming out. We know that the military in the United States does not want this coming out. This is why in order to have any sort of confirmation, proper confirmation, that there is some sort of life out in the stars, it has to be somebody with money who is going to back independent research from a university or from their own hired scientists that aren't connected to alphabet agencies. Thank you, Mr. Travis Taylor, Mr. Lou Elizondo. And really dig into what is going on. That's where we can do it. The problem is, when you start playing with the big boys, it always comes back to Washington, D.C. and the Pentagon. And I don't know if a study like this, and I am hesitant that a study like this, with with as much uh, positivity as it could have, I don't think it would ever get there. Because you need the unbreakable banks of the U.S. government's wallet in order to try and get there. And if there's something out there, they will make the decisions. And it won't be for the betterment of the U.S. people or the people on this planet. That is my concern. I don't want it going there, Tim. I really don't. But I can't see how it doesn't. Um. Well, I know from what I've read that uh, it's actually graduate students that are going to be giving the presentations and going through the data and yielding the results themselves. So although it may be professors and things like that that we see on the forefront presenting these this data and announcing and being involved in these programs, I am fairly sure, and I know at least in Galileo, um, I don't know about it with APL, but I did see that even in APL, a lot of the people that are involved are university professors and PhDs, and they use grad students uh, to do most of the legwork. Not that that's a good or bad thing, but what you do is you yield neutral results. Um, and so I'm not trying to you know, say that it can't still be swayed one way or another, but um, I like knowing when there are students involved because um, I feel you're going to get good information. Well, there's an eagerness there that that you want to try and take advantage of, and and that and that's the truth by it. You want to try and take advantage of of that eagerness and that willingness to, to that these kids would love to break something wide open because it's you know believe it or not we have to remember that in science. It is every scientist's dream to get their name on something, whether it's a satellite in space, whether it's a cure for a disease, or whether it's finding something new. 
You know, that's the fun part about science. Okay. And when we look at it, I mean, that's on a very basic level, like I'm saying. Okay. But their job is to figure things out. How do things work? You know, what causes, you know, chemical reactions or, or light in space or solar flares or everything. That's why they keep doing it. But I mean, I think when it comes to this, where it could have a major impact, I hope the students, once again, can stay independent. We need it to be independent in order to try and go on for and move forward. And this, this isn't going to take a year or two. This is going to take 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. And let's hope that they actually, when they do get results, if they do, that they bring it on to the public. Yeah, and um, I've seen some students, <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily want them going through this data. You know, there's there's a curve in every class, right? Um, but again, I think um, bringing that into it helps to keep it neutral. But Dave, I'm going to, you know, kind of just kick this one off to you because uh, I know we only have a couple minutes left. Um, bringing NASA back into it, and understanding that its leader now is really trying to put the alien um, narrative forward. What do you think the foundation of that is and where do you see it going? And what is the reality of that really? I, the, reality, it up? the reality is Bill Nelson knows more than what he needs and what he admits to. And like Lou Elizondo, he brings out different information you got to read between the lines we got mr ron bumblefoot thaw rocking in the background with little brother is watching bumblefoot is the official music of spaced out radio rocking us in and out of every single show get your horns up for the guitar god himself special thanks to everybody sitting here at home at work in your cars wherever you may be thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight youtube twitch lgab facebook Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune us on in because together, my friends. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friend, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets expire and if you want to bring a friend we've got room for them too good night don't give COVID a chance to put a damper on your holidays free updated vaccines are now available near you they give you targeted protection against Omicron so you and those around you can feel safer celebrating together this season. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov.
Don't give COVID a chance to put a damper on your holidays. Free updated vaccines are now available near you. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. 